You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. It's time for the ESO Dragon Con Report, a podcast dedicated to help newcomers and veterans prepare for the upcoming annual convention in downtown Atlanta. With interviews, advice, and news from the pros and fans alike, be careful, you never know, you might actually learn something. Howdy, everyone, and welcome to the seventh episode of the ESO 2014 Dragon Con Con Report. Seventh? Seventh? Wait a minute. Does that mean there's only how many days till Dragon Con? Dragon Con 2014 is only 30 days away. Oh, my God. It's actually less than that. Stop. We have to get to this podcast. I've got to go. I've, I've got things to duct tape and super glue together. I don't have time. For <laughs> and that's not even his costume. <laughs> no, it's not. Good night, everybody. We're we're gonna be working on our costumes, and getting ready. So have fun. Um, How did the time go by so quickly? <laughs> I just thought that we were doing our first episode. It feels like I own neither a TARDIS nor a DeLorean. How did this happen? <laughs> Well, we've got a lot to cover on this episode, so I'm going to make the introductions pretty quick. Uh, I'm Mike Gordon, and I'm the host of this uh, wonderful special. And, of course, we have with us director Mike Faber. Uh, My head is just hurting now from 30 days. (laughs) 30 days. 30 days. We also are pleased once again to have with us Darren Noel. Thank you, sir, for joining us. You're welcome, sir. It's wonderful to be had, as usual. And fresh from her West Coast adventure, Mary Lou, who is joining us? I'm here, and I am awake. (laughs) (laughs) Well, considering that you're only like... Setting the bar high as always. A day or so away from being at San Diego, you know, the quote-unquote other big convention. Um, was Was that a fun time? Yeah, it was probably... The most fun I've had there so far, so it it was awesome. It's Excellent. always awesome. Was that now, be- was it because of people you knew there, or was it just because the con itself was a lot of fun? Well, I've been a couple times now, so I know how to manage my time a little bit better, and what's important to me and what isn't. And um, you know, the first time you go to Dragon Con is 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 shocking, but it's never your best time because you haven't figured it out yet. And same same thing goes for San Diego. Now, do you break out as many costumes for San Diego as you do for Dragon Con? I actually managed to get four into my carry-on, which was quite a feat, but um, I only ended up wearing one. Uh, so, no, I, I had only costumed one evening. Well, as, as we've heard much many times before, I mean, Dragon Con is the ultimate when it comes to uh, costuming and cosplay, so... Um, yeah. And and San Diego is, is there. I mean, it's it, it certainly is present. I mean, there's there's costumes all over San Diego. So, I found in San Diego the costumes are either incredibly incredibly good or in- incredibly average. <laughs> Just somebody wearing a Thor T-shirt, right? Basically. 
<laughs> well, very cool. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about um, some some of the costuming in, in San Diego and some stuff that happened there in a little bit as it relates to Dragon Con. But in the meantime, I just want to mention that uh, this episode, uh, we're going to take you through the ABCs of the Dragon Con tracks. Uh, we've got with us uh, from the alternate history track, uh, we've got Dr. Q with us. From the Brit track, we've got Carolyn Brown. And from the comics and pop artist Alley, we've got director Tom Trainer. So uh, it'll be great to talk to them. Of course, we're also going to be checking in with uh, Kevin Bachelder, uh, host of the Dragon Con for Newbies Facebook group. He's going to talk to us about some events that they are official events that they, the Dragon Con is hosting to welcome newbies to the con. It's the first time they've done this, so it's, it's some pretty Ooh. exciting stuff. Um, Van Bowden is, is going to join us once again for suggestions on last minute costume ideas because guess what, folks? It's the last minute now. So uh, it's the that's last minute the, last month. <laughs> that's the last minute. That, this is the only choice you have if you're going to get in and get in costume. Oh, I'm um, a cold sweat. <laughs> also, Nikki is back. With a long-awaited keep calm and go to con segment, uh, she's <laughs> got some recommendations for the best places for photo ops because we know that one of the worst places is at the top or bottom of the escalators. <laughs> so she's going to tell us uh, some other places that you can go to get some really good shots. A lot of do's uh, and don'ts, folks. Uh, speaking of shots, we've also got our cosplay snapshot segment, and that's going to feature Sarah Pope. Really excited to talk to her. Um, this Earth Station One special report is sponsored, of course, by the ESO Amazon eStore, where you can find all sorts of cool geeky merchandise. If you're ordering some swag from Amazon, help us out by going through our link. It doesn't cost you any more, and it really does help us. So thank you. It puts the oxygen up here. If you'd like to leave feedback or comment on the show, please call our feedback line at 404-963-9057 or feel free to email us at esopodcast at gmail.com. We're also available, of course, on Facebook, so you can contact us there as well. We'd love to hear your feedback on these episodes. Um, right now, though, we're going to get started with some news and notes. Um, there's some dates that are coming up. Um, I think the main date that people want to uh, be aware of is that August 15th is the final day of $130 advanced membership rates. So if you want to save as much as you can right now, uh, you have if you know you're going and pretty much I mean, you pretty much know you're going now. Uh, August 15th is the last day for uh, the $130 rate. After after that, they're going up to I don't even know how much they're going up to. Is it going to be 150? Do we know? No clue. No clue. Yeah. Too much. So uh, get the $130, yes. get the $130 <laughs> rate while you can. Uh, there's also um, – It'll the go other up day. to one thirty one ninety nine. <laughs> Is that true? No, I don't know. I was going to say. I'm like, wow. I'm going to bring a whole bunch of pennies. Other dates that you want to be aware of is August 29th through September 1st is the actual con date themselves. So uh, those are the. That's what it is. Okay. Those are the dates that we have left as of this recording. It is 30 days, 11 hours, and 59 minutes to go. Dear God, man. (laughs) He has the countdown on his computer, Darren. I also want to uh, make it make people aware that um, uh, the online pre-registration for DragonCon Gaming is open. 
So if you do intend to do some gaming at DragonCon, uh, you definitely need to pre-register online. You can do that through the, the website, gaming.dragoncon.org. We will have that link for you available in our show notes. So if you're interested in doing that, I definitely um, recommend that if you're inter- I mean, you can just go down to the gaming area and sign up as you're at the convention. But if you know you're going to be gaming there um, and you have an idea on what kind of gaming you're going to be doing, you definitely want to pre-register uh, as soon as you can. Uh, and look at all the announcements thereof. And and speaking of announcements, we're going to have a lot to cover on this episode. As I mentioned, we're talking to a lot of people. So rather than list all the convention news uh, on this podcast, I strongly suggest checking out the Daily Dragon. Uh, they have been giving up updates on um, registration tips uh, for speedy registration, uh, official party announcements. Uh, they published a map of the area highlighting stores and restaurants, local stores and restaurants for you. Um, they posted the map of the new parade route. Actually, it's not new, but the parade route, is. Uh, there's a map of that if you're curious as to where you can go to see the parade. And and so much more. So uh, they are posting – well, they are called the Daily Dragon. They're posting daily. So uh, with all the news and definitely check out uh, – they have a Facebook group. Uh, they have an official site, which is dailydragon.dragoncon.org. They also have a Twitter account. Uh, definitely they are ones that you want to keep your eye on going not only leading up to the convention but at the convention itself because they will be your main source of announcements, anything that you need to know. And the main sources of changes day by day because yes, that's because, a guarantee. Yes, absolutely. Uh, there will be tons of people. There will be guest cancellations. There will be tracks moving back and forth. It's it's it's. It's crazy when it's there, so you definitely want to check out the Daily Dragon. Also, the official DragonCon app is now available for smartphones everywhere. I cannot recommend this highly enough. Um, uh, Even if you don't get cell service, good cell service at the convention itself, the great thing about the DragonCon app is that it still works. And maybe it won't update to the latest and greatest, but it'll actually uh, still have all your information in there so that you can get around, figure out where things are, know when you should be at certain panels. Uh, It is a valuable resource that uh, I can't stress enough. I think it's been a a great addition to the DragonCon experience. And Uh, folks, um, if you did get the DragonCon app last year, you're going to have to re-download it. It's a brand new app completely. Yes, yep. they they for some reason they don't do they don't just uh, update the the current app. You have to always download a new one, but that's a good point. So, yes, go to wherever you get apps and uh download the DragonCon 2014 app. I did see that the 2013 was still available. I'm like, who would want to download that now? <laughs> hey, I'm uh, going to go to last year's con. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it gives you a list of vendors, a list of uh guests, um, it lists the all of course the panels that are going to be there. You can actually click on each panel that you want to attend and create a schedule. Um, but remember, connect- folks, the schedules are very tentative. Right. Oh God, and, yes. Yeah, and, it's too and early. The yeah. app will help you through that as well. I mean, right now it's pretty much bare bones. So when you download it now, uh, there might not be a lot of information on it, but it, that's all coming. Uh, the Daily Dragon actually makes their announcements via the app as well. It gives you alerts. Um, It's connected to Twitter, Facebook, and Google+. So all your social media needs are there. And it's got a nifty feature where you can connect with friends. Um, Even if you don't have friends, you can connect with them. (laughs) Yeah. um, (laughs) Wow. Um, You can... 
You can connect with friends so you can align your schedules accordingly and you can even communicate with each other during the show. Um, it's a, it's a great new feature. Actually it was, I think they had it last year. Um, so, uh, but, uh, they just refined it this year. And now the thing about the, the friends code is, uh, or the friends deal is that when you connect with a, another person, you need to give them a code to allow them to have access to, you know, uh, your app as well as you have access to theirs. And the code is unique per friend. So once you have one code, it's not, don't give that code out to everybody because it's only like, as soon as somebody uses it, then it's no good anymore. Uh-huh. So, uh, but you can get that, um, you can get that at the DragonCon website. You can also find that, like I said, if you just go to, uh, your app store, um, whether you have a, a Google phone or a, an iPhone and, and download it from there. So did you guys find the, um, app helpful last year? Yeah, definitely. Definitely to like, see what other people's schedules were, or also to find out like for maps of the hotels and such. And uh, so, but this year the adding of the vendors is actually a big plus. Oh, that would be a very good plus. I haven't played with it yet. I just downloaded it a few hours ago. So, yeah, I remember the new dealers area. It was it was chaos trying to find those old tried and true dealers that you knew were there, but you had to find them. So, yeah, it was great being in the America's Mart, but a map would be super helpful. Well, they actually did have people there directing you to where, you know the dealers actually were, which was very helpful. But, you know, always when you're getting used to a new space, there's going to be confusion. So, Very much so, very much so. So definitely uh, get the app, uh, check in with the Daily Dragon, and you should be good to go as far as all the news, announcements, everything that you need as far as a a resource for that goes. So, um, well, before we start uh, getting in with uh, the... Directors, talking to the directors, as well as uh, some other things that we were going to talk about. Uh, one of the things I wanted to just take time about, because there has been a concern, especially since San Diego, uh, the big news that come out of some of the big news that a lot of the media is running around with right now is about uh, cosplayers getting um, harassed and actually uh, accosted uh, at the at San Diego. And um, there's a, been a lot of concern, especially since DragonCon is the next really big show. Uh, that you know that certain steps are going to be taken um, or are not taken. So they, there's a lot of questions about that. So I think now when the story was posted, Darren, I know that you had a pretty pretty good handle on it, and pretty good comments about it. So I, <laughs> I know that you have uh, some opinions on on this. Well, yeah, I've got opinions <laughs> on everything, Mike. <laughs> you should know that by now, dude. You should you should know me well enough to know I, I don't keep my mouth shut often or for long unless it's you know I'm busy. So um I, I have to say this about just the cosplayers at any con are typically dressed up for the fun of dressing up as these characters. And that's going to garner people extra attention just because of the nature of the beast. You know, someone's walking around dressed as Emma Frost, let's say. that That's a very scintillating costume, no doubt about it. I don't care what anyone's wearing, male or female. I don't care if you are male or female. If you are going to invade someone's personal space 
and be a gigantic douchebag or worse, commit a crime by assaulting and battering the cosplayer, you should be thrown in jail. And personally, I, I, I basically said on Facebook that I will call you out if I see this kind of negative behavior. Um, we're all typically adults. We're of adult age. There are things you would not do anywhere else that for some reason people think just because you're wearing a scantily clad costume, you can get away with it. And I, I don't want to hear the whole um, shaming of the cosplayer by saying, well, look what they were wearing. They were asking for it. No, you have self-control. And if you don't have self-control, you don't need to come to the con. You need to stay at home and learn how to deal with your issues. Because at a, at a con is not the time for you to show off for your buddies or attempt to sexually assault someone just because they're dressed in a way that is um, attractive. Th there's no call for this type of behavior. And if I see it, I'm going to call it out. And I've got a big boy voice. I was basically a town crier at the Renaissance Festival for three years. I can yell for miles. <laughs> People will hear me. Even in the Marriott, I will get some attention going. And you don't want that. Um, because usually cosplayers will take care of each other. And there's, you're never like more than five feet away from another cosplayer at Dragon Con. There's just no way that that ever happens, it seems. Um, again, my, my advice is, if you can't be a decent human being, stay home. Period. Well said. Well said, sir. No, very much so. And it happens all the time. And, you know, somebody has to put a stop to it. Mm -hmm. I agree with what, but, but everything I you that, said. I, I think this goes to cosplayers having to, you know, get together and say, we're not going to stand for this anymore. And when something like this happens, take that moment, say, okay, stop what you're doing back away from me and um, yell security real loud. I mean, I don't, I don't want to say cause a riot or something, but the reason why people think they can get away with this is because they're in such a big crowd. People will lose track of the person and they'll be gone. They'll slap you on the butt and they'll take off through, you know, the pulse loft lounge. You need to stop everything that you're doing right now. Take a moment Figure out what that person's wearing, get attention directed towards that person, and try to get security, hotel personnel, Dragon Con personnel to intervene here. Because if that person did it to you, they're going to do it to someone else because they oh, yeah. got away with it. Oh, yeah. You got to nip it in the bud, folks. And uh, I don't care about the whole gender thing. I mean, I, I dress as Wonder Woman for Christ's sake. And from the back, a lot of guys think I am actually a girl, which is kind of amusing to me, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> but if, if a dude came up and slapped me on the butt and it was not invited or I didn't know them, I would have a problem with it. And I would let them know immediately. And I think there's this, there's this whole energy of the con where people might have a little too much to drink. They might have a little too much, you know, going on, and they might say, ah, just screw it, just whatever. He was a jerk, fill in the blank, 
language, whatever. But that person's going to do it again and again and again until they get stopped. And my concern is that that type of behavior leads to other things happening because they got away with it. Well, the thing is a lot of people don't call them on it and they let them get away with it and it's demoralizing to the people there. And I've seen it happen a lot more with Dragon Con with because Dragon Con, as we've talked many times, is just not people there for Dragon Con because there's other events going on in oh, yeah. the city. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people like the football group is some of the worst. Mm-hmm. And well, they it used see to the be women. really bad yeah. when anyone could walk into the hotels. Oh, very much so. They've and, gotten and a lot more strict. And that kind of stopped it a lot. I think the football fans are are their own separate demographic. And I think once they realize what's going on, they're they're basically cool with it. I mean, we, we've joked about the whole geeks versus the jocks thing many times on the show. But they still have boundaries for the most part. And they understand that. I'm talking to the specific segment of people who don't have boundaries, and that includes people who are wearing badges for Dragon Con. Actually, on that note, Dragon Con has extended their um, badge-only hours. I'm not sure exactly what they're going to be, but there are extended hours this year about um, when you can get into the hotels. You have to have a badge or a room key. Excellent. I love that. And for anybody wondering, uh, there is a, um official word on this or statement on this by DragonCon. They do have a policy in place. It's policy number seven. And it reads, harassment of any kind, including physically or verbally threatening, annoying, unwelcoming attention, stalking, pushing, shoving, or use of physical force, which in any way creates a disturbance that is disruptive or dangerous, as well as any boisterous, lewd, or generously offensive behavior or language, using sexually explicit or offensive language or conduct or profanity, obscene gestures, or racial, religious, or ethnic slurs will be considered harassment. If people tell you no, your business with them is done. If you, yep. can, if you continue to attempt to have contact with those people, you may be removed from the premises and your membership revoked. Remember, no means no. Stop means stop. Go away means go away. Uh, costuming is not consent. Agreed. And I would add to that, not only is costuming not consent, but alcohol is not an excuse. No, it's not. Know your limits. We've talked about that before on this show. Uh, Dragon Con is not the place to discover how much alcohol it takes to get you drunk. Dragon Con is a place to get a nice, happy buzz if you do imbibe but not to go so far that you lose control of all of your impulses. Yeah. Dragon Con has a river. Does some crazy crap when they're drunk. It's mm-hmm. not an excuse. No, to do not at all. Thing inappropriate. It, it's, it's just never an excuse. Agreed. Agreed. So, uh, yes. So definitely just be aware of that. Um, everybody out there who's listening to this, um, you know, be aware that if you see any unwelcome, unwelcome attention on of any kind, to just uh, you know, scream, holler, get someone's attention, get a staff member's attention, get someone from the hotel's attention, and make sure that this does not go uh, unnoticed. Exactly. I mean, I, I said on Facebook, I know some Spartans. Those are the guys who work out. <laughs> Do I need to call them? 
I've got them on speed dial. Exactly. I can do it. He's going to sick the Spartans on you. I'm just saying, if you think you can take the, the, the Spartans who come to Dragon or, you know, some of the some of the superhero cosplayers, if they get ticked off, I'm not I'm not saying that we we need to, like, start a fight or a gang war or anything. I'm saying we will protect a person who is being harassed by unwanted attention if necessary. So please think about that before you do something incredibly immature and possibly illegal. True. Don't don't yeah, don't make it turn around on you. So, well, I had to get that out of the way because like I said it was, you know, actually even making headlines. Uh I noticed today in some circles, I guess it was a slow media day, but uh I mean it is something to be aware of and I, I do think that uh those people uh especially at Dragon Con where, you know, there's almost more people in costume than out of costume, mm-hmm. or I should say wearing civvies, you know? So, um, uh, I, I would, I would say to cosplayers who are, you know, less clothed. Um, I, I would say to you, if you have to travel between hotels, um, especially at night or really at any time of the day for dragon con, go with people because once you're on the streets of Atlanta, you're on the streets of Atlanta. So yeah. Yeah. have something also, you know, if you're going outside, be realistic. If you're downtown in a city, have like, you know, a cape or something, you know, or, you know, something to cover a little bit. Cause you're going to, you don't have any control of who's around you at all. And we, and we should live in a society where this, this is not an issue at all, but yeah, I almost, I almost hate to bring it up because it's one of those things that's like, oh, man. But, you know, unfortunately, it's the reality of, of the beast. So um, uh, just be aware of the policy. Uh, folks, be aware that, uh, you know, this is happening and uh, try to do your best to help out if you see it, something happening. And that, on that note, uh, we're going to move into the rest of the show. So, yeah, now that we got that out of the way. So, um one thing that uh, uh, definitely has been exciting over the last month or so is the number and the caliber of guests that have been being announced uh, by Dragon Con. So, Mike and Mary, take it away. All right, folks, sit back. Mary, you ready? We're going to start at the bottom of the list and work our way up. And <laughs> this time there was a lot. And... This is just a sampling, folks. If you want to see a full listing of everyone who's going to be at DragonCon, please, and I emphasize on please, go to DragonCon.org and check out their web, their listing of guests. Um, I We make lists to read off to you guys, and there was, on, in Microsoft Word, when I dumped all the, just from our last show, there was over 22 pages worth of people that they've just added in the last month. That's and, impossible. And so it's just amazing. <laughs> and there's and, still more to go. <laughs> exactly. And there's still another month of, for people to – for them to talk about who's coming and such. And they're still working on contracts. Trust us. You know, there's going to be some announcements coming. So, you know, even bef- right before we rec- started recording, they posted that um, the guy who plays Lafayette from uh, True Blood is going to be coming to uh, Dragon Con. So, you know, it's always evolving and such. All right, so let's get started. Um, one, two, three, and let's do it. Um, first one is going to be Kyle T. Cobb. Uh, serves as a historical researcher, paranormal investigator, 
a consulting demonologist and is dedicated to unveiling the mysteries of the past. June Brigman is the co-creator of Marvel's Power Pack, which celebrates its 30th anniversary this year. Miss Brigman has drawn such diverse comics as Alpha Flight, Supergirl, Star Wars, and was the artist on the Brenda Starr comic strip for 15 years. Yep, and we just interviewed her and her husband about a month ago on ESO. Sweet. Yep, wonderful person. Um, Victor Urid, uh, his credits included The Hangover, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Family Guy, Team America, Men in Black 2, Farscape, uh, The Peacekeeper Wars, Angel, Community, Robot Chicken, Mad, the Sarah Silverman program. Uh, you get the p- fact. Um, been in a lot of different things, including Sesame Street. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Rhonda Oglesby is co-host, co-producer, and herder of ideas on the Game On Girl podcast. As Dr. Regina, Regina McMenemy's partner... Rhonda is a student of the portrayal and treatment of gender, gender identity in the real and cyber gaming community. New York Jedi is a stage combat team that teaches and performs, utilizes the iconic weapons of sci-fi fandom, the lightsaber. <laughs> Marquia Vaudeville is a musical menagerie of melodic mischief featuring theatrical, progressive, psychedelic punk cabaret fusing time-worn elements of the old world with newfangled innovation. M.B. Weston is an award-winning fantasy, young adult, steampunk, and paranormal author. She is also a radio talk show host for The Final Cut in Movies, which airs on tmvcafe.com, as well as a gifted orator who has spoken at numerous writing and science fiction fantasy conventions across the U.S. Aurelio Voltaire is a musician, media personality, and respected authority on all things gothic, horror, sci-fi steampunk and all things related to geek culture he's also a, he's also an institution at dragon con oh yeah yes. he pretty much is i can't even imagine a dragon con without him there yeah voltaire is just like oh it's dragon con <laughs> yeah if you haven't seen voltaire yet you should you should make time in your schedule to do so he's he's quite a showman yes. oh yeah sean ashmore is a canadian film and television actor known for his role as jake in the television series anamorphs Agent Mike Weston in the television drama series The Following, and Bobby Drake, Iceman, in the X-Men film series. It's warm in here. Hold on. (laughs) Aaron Ashmore is best known to Dragon Con audiences for his roles as Jimmy Olsen on Smallville and Steve Jinks on Warehouse 13. Uh, Philip Pelly is an American child actor possibly best recalled for his role as Chaka in the 1974 American TV series Land of the Lost. Shaka! Shaka! Voice actor George Lowe Lowe was the ad-libbing madman behind Space Ghost for Cartoon Network Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Space Ghost! He's another guy I can't even imagine not Don't make me use the spank ray. (laughs) (laughs) Katie Lotz is currently starring as Sarah Lance, the Black Canary, on the CW's hit TV series Arrow. Doc Hammer writes, voices, and does other stuff for the Venture Brothers, a show you can watch on cable TV. <laughs> All right, friend of the show, uh, Peter Cutler, uh, is coming back to Dragon Con. Uh, Mike, you want to talk a little bit about Peter? Well, he is the artist of Tiki Zombie, of course, and uh, he's done some other projects. Uh, he did an album cover not too long ago for another Friends of the Station radio cult. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm glad to see that Peter will be back in the Artist Alley. Randy Beagle 
a.k.a. Riot Antonomy, is a writer at Riot Games currently crafting the legend of the League of Legends. His previous work included Star Wars, The Old Republic. Walter Koenig is an American actor, writer, teacher, and director known for his roles as Pavel Chekhov in Star Trek and Alfred Bester, excuse me, Alfred Bester in Babylon 5. Robert Alsop is, has a career spanning over 30 years and has worked as a specialist costume maker for film, theater, and television who remains one of the few people to have worked on both classic and new Doctor Who. Mm. Sarah Nolan is a puppeteer and filmmaker from Austin, Texas. She is currently an MFA candidate at the Puppetry Arts Program at the University of Connecticut. Cool. Michael McMillan is an American actor who and writer known for his role as Steve Newland on the HBO series True Blood. McMillan is also the creator and writer of the comic book Lucid. Mfo Koho currently stars on Falling Skies and was also in the popular horror film series Saw. Connor Jessup is best known for his role as Ben Mason on Steven Spielberg's hit sci-fi series, Falling Skies. DJ Spider is a nerdy, geeky DJ with fingers in 80s, 90s, dance, EBM, goth, industrial, and synth pop, plus whatever else comes along. Billy Boyd is coming to Dragon Con. Woo! Billy Boyd is a Scottish actor and musician, is most widely known for playing Pippin. Uh, from the Lord of the Rings films and Barrett Bowden in Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World. John Butel? John Butel has been hosting and producing podcasts for eight years. For five years, he has been hosting The 50 Days of Dragon Con, a podcast countdown dedicated to the directors, staff, and people of Dragon Con. Dave Tango is one is an investigator evidence analysis and this popular sci-fi channel tv show ghost hunters and has also appeared in destination truth drew roy plays hal mason on steven spielberg's hit sci-fi television series falling skies allison mork began puppeteering in the art world collaborating with wayne white and michael smith credits include sesame street crank anchors the man show hollow man and team america she's best known for playing cherry on peewee's playhouse Allison improvs with Jim Henson's company, Pup It Up. Donna Kimball is an actor and puppeteer based in Los Angeles. Film and TV credits include Team America, Crank Yankers, Sid the Science Kid, Pajanimals, and Doc Ock's Upper Right Claw in Spider-Man 2. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Steve Dowds is best known for his work as the voice of Master Chief in the popular Halo video game series. Kristen Charney is an act- actress, puppeteer, and voice artist. Credits include The Muppets, Team America World Police, Sid the Science Kid, Imagination Movers, and more. Scott Amperford is a composer, arranger, synthesist from the northeast of England. He has also co-written music and has been in award-winning bands and composed for stage and television. Scott is best known for scoring and narrating the web series Dr. Puppet. Canadian actress Kate Vernon is best known to DragonCon audiences as Ellen Ty, the alcoholic wife of second-in-command Colonel Ty on Battlestar Galactica. We'll also girl. be there, so the Ties will be both in attendance for DragonCon. That's true. Paul McGinnis has been a puppeteer for Sesame Street since 2001. Other credits included The Muppets, Crank Anchors, Crash and Bernstein, The West Wing, Warren the Ape, IFC's Greg the Bunny, 
the Broadway tour of Little Shop of Horrors, and Walking with Dinosaurs, the Arena Spectacular. Mary McDonnell starred as President Laura Roslin in the hit series Battlestar Galactica and now appears as Captain Sharon Reader on Major Crimes. Jim Butcher is the author of The Dresden Files, The Codex Alara, and his new steampunk series of Cinder Spires. Stephen Collins is known for the roles of Captain Will Decker in Star Trek The Motion Picture, and more recently as Dr. Dayton King on No Ordinary Family and Dr. Gene Porter on Revolution. Oh my god, that is the same guy! Hi! Uh, yeah. I didn't even notice! <laughs> Kimberly Brooks has voiced dozens of characters in the career that spans video games, television, and films, including Ashley Williams in Mass Effect series and Barbara Gordon slash Oracle in the Arkham Asylum Batman Arkham City. Garrett Wong is best known for his role as Ensign Harry Kim on Vo- Star Trek Voyager and for the 2007 fan production Star Trek of Gods and Men. Joe Flanagan is American television actor best known as Major Lieutenant Colonel John Shepard on Stargate Atlantis. Accomplished British, British actor Paul Blackthorne recently returned to primetime television as determined detective Quentin Lance on the CW's hit series Arrow. I didn't know he was British. Wow. It's a good accent, isn't it? Oh, wow. Yeah. Really big good. You know, he was also Dresden, you know, in Dresden. Yeah. That's true. Uh, John Stalker is a voice actor and director known mostly for his work on Sailor Moon, as well as voicing characters including Beastly in Care Bears, Toad in Super Mario Brothers, and the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man in the real Ghostbusters. <laughs> John Ratzenberger is best known for his role as Cliff on Cheers, as well as being in Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back as Major Derlin. He has provided a voice in nearly every Disney Pixar film. Mark Bagley is a comic book artist who has worked on for Marvel Comics and DC on such titles as The Amazing Spider-Man, Thunderbolts, New Warriors, and The Ultimate Spider-Man. Dino Andrade voiced the Scarecrow in Batman Arkham Asylum and is also known for voicing Professor Putricide, Mimiron, High Tinkerer, Mechatorque, the Death Knight Gnomes, and more in World of Warcraft. Nancy Allen is coming to Dragon Con, possibly best remembered for her lead in the science fiction franchise RoboCop. A RoboCop reunion. Exactly. Peter or, Weller will be there. She's also well. known for her roles in Brian De Palma's Dress to Kill. Nancy Allen first came to public attention as Sissy Spacex nemesis in the horror classic Carrie. Carrie. Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don Rosa writes and draws the Donald Duck and Uncle Scrooge comic books that are among the most popular and best-selling comics in the world everywhere but North America. Tim DeBaldo is a voice actor and best known as the 343 Guilty Spark in the Halo video game series. William Bob- had to tell me what that was. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Camp is a cartoonist, illustrator, comic book artist, writer, story artist, designer, director, and producer who co-created the hit sensation Ren and Stimpy. Paul Zaloom is an Obi-winning performance artist, puppeteer, actor, and filmmaker, best known for the loony scientist Beekman. So excited! I am very excited about that. <laughs> See, people listen to this part of the show just to just to hear Mary flip out and have her <laughs> fangirl moments. It they is are awesome. hilarious, and I love them. It is awesome that Beekman's coming to Dragon Con. I wrote him like twelve letters when I was a kid. Aww. <laughs> That's awesome. Too bad he doesn't have the hair anymore. (laughs) 
Right? Well, apparently he actually travels the country now doing, like, live performances and, like, wears the hair as a wig. Oh, that's awesome, though. Yeah. I, as soon as I saw this announcement, I, like, went on the internet and looked at his <laughs> website and stuff. <laughs> I had crushes on many of his assistants. And yeah. I don't. And I don't mean the rat. I really want to cosplay Lester. I'm not even joking. If I could get a rat suit for, like, less than all the prices that I could find on the internet, I would totally cosplay Lester. Lester was awesome. Yes. You know, there's like nothing kid friendly about that character. That like, that character is like an adult. That's not okay. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Riddle appeared on sci-fi's heroes of cosplay, receiving the highest number of awards of awards on the show. And is the creator of cosplay for a cause. David Hobbins is a concept designer and has designed for film and games projects that include Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Dead Space 3, and Star Wars Underworld, the live-action TV series. Ooh. Ooh. Kate Cassidy can currently be seen as the female lead in the TV smash hit on CW, Arrow. She's considered the female lead? Aye. <laughs> a lot of lances at Dragon Con. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, Sandeep. Oh, hey, I saw Stephen Amell this weekend. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Glad you reminded me. Too bad he's not coming to Dragon Con. Yeah, he's not. Sandeep uh, Paraka uh, wrote and directed the web series The Legend of Neil and is the co-host and co-lead of Zambu and in the acclaimed and award-winning web series The Guild. Rebecca Meter is an English actress best known for her role as Zelina or the Wicked Witch in the hit television series Once Upon a Time. Jeff Lewis is an American actor and screenwriter best for known as Herman Vork Holden on the web series The Guild. James Gunn is a screenwriter and director who co-wrote and directed the Marvel Studios adaptation of Guardians of the Galaxy. Mark Brooks is a Mar- Marvel exclusive illustrator known for his creative cover art on a variety of titles such as new marvel now titles guardians of the galaxy avengers new avengers secret avengers and a plus x emma caulfield is an award-winning actress best known for her starring role as the young and beautiful demon turned mortal anya on buffy the vampire slayer adam brown plays the dwarf ori in director peter jackson's trilogy adapted of the hobbit Ooh. Jerry Lynn Ryan is best known to Dragon Con audiences for her role as the liberated Borg Seven of Nine on Star Trek Voyager, as well as appearances on Warehouse 13 and Dark Skies. Yay! Is that, awesome. Does that it's mean another restraining order for you, Mike? <laughs> no, we'll just see how the weekend goes. <laughs> oh, God. J. August Richards is known for his roles on the ABC series Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and as the iconic character Deathlock, and nearly five years as Gunn on the hit Joss Whedon series, Angel. Ona Grauer is best known for her portrayal of the ancient Ayana and later Emily Young in the science fiction television program Stargate Universe, part of the Stargate franchise. Louis Ferreira is best known to Dragon Con audiences for his Gemini Award-nominated role as Colonel Everett Young on Stargate Universe. Jonathan Del Arco is best known for his roles as Hugh the Borg on Star Trek The Next Generation and medical examiner Dr. Morales on Closer and Major Crimes. David Blue is an American actor, writer, producer, and director. He's best known for his portrayal 
of Cliff St. Paul on Ugly Betty and Eli Wallace on the sci-fi series Stargate Universe. And we are done. Whew. For now. Yay. For now. <laughs> For now. I was reading that Stargate one. I was like, why don't I recognize this character's name? Oh, it's because it was in Universe. <laughs> no one watched Universe. I mean, no that, one yeah. watched Universe. Well, they have... They have three of the stars, uh, Stargate Universe folks at Dragon Con. And yes, that is a just a small fraction of the folks that are going to be there as far as guests goes. Um, yeah, as Mike said, please go to the original, uh, the actual official Dragon Con site to see uh, who else is going to be there. And of course, to keep posted as to, there may be some cancellations. So. Or additions. Or additions, or additions yeah. yes. I, I, we're not done yet. There's a month left, and uh, you know there could be some really big names come out. There's there's definitely going to be more names announced, though. Like Shecky Green, <laughs> Shecky Green, like like yeah. He'll be performing at the Pulse Loft Lounge. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm totally joking. <laughs> well, cool. Thanks, Mike and Mary, for that. And speaking of guests, it's time now to talk to some guests of our own. Starting with Doctor Q. And now joining us for the first of three uh, track director interviews that we have. Yes, the ABC of uh, track directors that we're talking to, because we're talking to the director for the alternate history track, A. We're talking to the Brit track director, B, and the comics and part, uh, pop art alley director, which is uh, representing C. So we're covering the ABCs tonight. How long did it take you to figure that one out? <laughs> it just happened, man. It's serendipity. Um, he was working on that all night. That's all, yeah, night. all night. So in any case, as you can hear, we've got our first track director with us right now on the station. Q is back on, of course, representing the alternate history track. Uh, welcome back to the station, sir. Hello, guys. Thanks for having me back. So we are a month out. Uh, are you ready to go? Um, I'm ready. I'm not sure everyone else involved with my track is ready. <laughs> And I certainly know the gal that's doing all of my costumes is certainly not ready. Wow. That's right, because, yes, you're not just a track director. You're also a costumer. I've been accused of that. I prefer to think of myself as dressing for the occasion. Excellent. Excellent. Well, tell us, uh, for those people who are listening that have no idea what the alternate history track is, uh, what, what do you guys cover? Uh, the alternate history track is the fan track for folks that are um, chrononauts, time travel enthusiasts, um, history buffs that like to play little games of what if with history, of what if wars went a different direction, or what if things like the Victorian era never quite ended, and uh, also uh, probably the most visible kind of contingent of our community are the uh, the steampunks, but it also kind of encompasses uh, diesel punk and the uh, uh, the kind of alternate history like reenactment type of folks, like the folks that you know are kind of debating on what wars, like how the war could have turned a different way in World War whatever. Um, but yeah, much much of those. Um, wow. So we're we're kind of a multi-spanning track. While while the kind of basis of alternate history kind of started in literature um, with um, steampunk and diesel punk and even Rococo punk and all these other kind of, I like to call them hyphen punks. Um, They've kind of spread out beyond literature into costuming, into um, 2D art, 3D art, music, um, all kinds of media. So we're we're kind of a a catch-all track for when it comes to anything and everything to do with messing around with history. 
it does seem to be a track that's also got some legs. I mean, it's been uh, more and more people have been joining you guys and checking you out over the last few years, I think. Well, I'm very proud to say we are the largest fan track. Um, and I say that because we're, we're not a media track like um, uh, like Caro is in Brit in Brit track. They're they're British media. Uh, the media tracks have all the media guests that are in you know movies and television shows and all that. But of all the actual uh, straight uh, fan tracks, we're the largest one. Wow! Congratulations on that. No, oh, thank you. We, we've I would love to say we worked really hard about it, but we're just really that cool. No, 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, no, we, we really do work really, really hard about making the best possible event for the fans. Well, in addition to the many panels that you have, you also have quite a few um, uh, um, after evening events, after show events. Uh, that we do. We have a whole lot of them. Um, yeah, we have two track rooms, so there's always something going on at our track. Um, so we, we kind of fill up the content of programming. Uh, but as far as the, the nightlife things go, we even have like, a, a pre-con mixer party on Thursday night called the Aether Lounge, um, which is, uh, uh, we actually got some great feedback from last year. So we're going to put a very big focus on the whole mix and mingle aspect of, of the party. So for folks that don't really know a whole lot of people at Dragon Con, it's their first year, or they're just kind of getting their feet wet with uh, with steampunk or whatever, um, we're going to really put a focus on neat little party games to meet new people um, and really kind of get an idea of what the track has to offer Thursday night. Um, on uh, Sunday night is our big track party, which is the Mechanical Masquerade Atlantis. Um, my, my loving, my loving little byline I have for it is it's enchantment 20,000 leagues under the sea. Mm -hmm. um, it's oftentimes called the, the, the steampunk prom. And I totally like that moniker and I'm going to go with it. Um, it is probably of all of my years attending dragon con and I've been going for now, uh, coming up on, on 13 years now. Um, I am always blown away at that party. It is just the most visually appealing collection of, of costumers and musicians and artists and people dancing and people having a great time uh, that you could ever possibly want. Um, but we also have um, see the Hero Majesty's Boasting Contest is going on in the evening. Um, we have a Cogs and Cocktails type of thing, which is a, a, a discussion on, on different cocktails. Not to say that folks may or may not bring some. I, I, I don't know. Officially, we're just going to be talking about it. Um, that and that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Nudge, um, nudge, wink, wink. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Say no more. Um, there's also um, one of the one of the guys on my track is actually a pretty big. Uh, uh, he's kind of a big deal in the steampunk circuit. Um, John Strangeway. He's also one of my co-hosts on the Ratchet Retrocast. Shameless plug for ESO Network, other show. Um, but uh, he's been doing the steampunk Boba Fett outfit now for five years. This is his fifth year doing that costume at Dragon Con. So we're doing what what I what I've always wanted to do, which is make fun of him incessantly for an entire hour. Um, the the roast of steampunk Boba Fett is 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 another event that we've got going on in the evenings, uh, and there is no end of volunteers lining up to make fun of the man, and it's going to be hilarious. <laughs> um, I, it's truly going to be an interactive away. experience. Huh? Oh yeah, very much so, very much so. <laughs> oh. um, we've also got an afternoon event on Sunday that's uh, the Dragon Con Tea Dueling Tournament. Which, if you've never heard of tea dueling, it is as silly and ridiculous as it sounds. Um, it is. Uh, it has to be seen to be believed. It is very, very funny. Um, there's a whole lot of funny stuff and fun, lighthearted entertainment going on over the course of the weekend. But uh, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. 
Um, some of the, the, the other highlights, other than the ones I mentioned, is we have a Tesla versus Edison debate going on, which is going to go on on Sunday. But for the entire weekend, we're going to have a little donation boxes marked Tesla and Edison. So folks can donate to their favorite scientist. Um, and <laughs> knowing the steampunks like I do, I don't think it's going to be that hard of a contest. But I also know everyone else likes underdogs. So I'm hoping a Tesla can, like Edison can, can kind of get the underdog vote. But we'll see. Anyway, uh, but all the money raised for the Tesla versus Edison will be going to the Dragon Con official charity of the Atlanta Community Food Bank, um, which will be a lot of fun. Um, which will be kind of followed on Sunday by a screening of a Tesla biopic um, uh, drama that uh, was done by Jordan Gray. Uh, it was a radio DJ on B98.5 called Megahertz, um, which is a neat little film screening that's going to debut at Dragon Con, which is pretty awesome. Um, and uh, last but not least, there's if anything that folks that like to dress up in steampunk like to do, it is to actually have their picture taken. So before the Mechanical Masquerade, we are... Uh, we just recently added this right before the schedules got as close to final as they're going to get, is we're doing a pre-party photo shoot in the Museum of Alternate History, which is what we're calling our track rooms, because they're going to have exhibits up all weekend long. And uh, for folks that just kind of want to take a look at the, uh, the displays that we have and aren't necessarily interested in going to the panels, we have open museum hours where folks can just walk in and look around and uh, oh, just kind of cool. see what we've got. And we've got uh, open museum hours every day, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That's very cool. That's a good idea. Yeah, it also gives like half of my team a chance to go get lunch. So they're very happy about that. <laughs> you're actually giving them lunch this year? God, Q, you're I, getting I, very a, generous. Not only am I giving them lunch, but one of our volunteers' husband is a sous chef at Public. So let's just say I've got a, a – they're not going to be wanting. Wow. I treat my people's good, just saying. Well, very cool. It definitely sounds like uh, the track is an active one. Uh, definitely people want to check it out. If they want to know what the schedule is, uh, of course, the ever-changing schedule, um, where can people go to find out more information about it? Okay, right now the best place to go is either the um, Alternate History Track Facebook group, um, uh, if you are one to follow uh, Facebook groups, or if you like just to go to a, a fan page and hit like, uh, we also have the DragonCon Alternate History um, Facebook uh, fan page. Um, the schedule is pinned to the top of both of those pages. I am trying desperately to get our web track website up to date. I'm going to hopefully have that done this weekend. If not this weekend, then next weekend. So at least a week or two before the show, it will be up there, I promise. Um, but yeah, the schedule is posted up there for anyone to see. Awesome. Awesome. And we'll definitely have links for that in our show notes so we can send people there. And we look forward to seeing you in a month, man. All right. Thanks so much. I look forward to seeing you guys as well. All right. And now joining us on the station is the director of the Brit Track, Carolyn Brown. Welcome back to the station, Carolyn. It's been a long time. Yeah, it has been a while. I'm really excited to, to be on the show again. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure, our pleasure. And and one of our favorites, of course, is the Brit track. And, and you know, I mean, we're uh, like most people, uh, because it covers Doctor Who, uh, we are definitely in love with that sort of the programming. But, of course, the Brit track is a lot more than that. For those people who don't know out there, what, what exactly is covered under your track? Um, pretty much, as, as most people know, um, Dragon Con uh, is not strictly a science fiction fantasy convention. It is considered a pop culture fan convention. So um, under the 
guise of, of that and an umbrella of that, so to speak. Um, the birth track does anything that's pop culture or media related um, that comes out of the UK, out of the United Kingdom. Um, so it strictly, you know, adheres to the United Kingdom, a little touches on a little bit of the BBC America stuff um, and a few things here and there, but uh, pretty much we cover from traveling to the United Kingdom to um, to literature, to the audios that come out of, you know, um, out of England and, and the UK, um, as well as uh, music and um, mostly television shows and even films. So we cover everything that you can probably think of. <laughs> wow. And that's a lot. Yeah. And I don't know. I can't remember a time that stuff coming over from the UK as has been as popular as it is now. I mean, there it comes and goes in waves, of course, and sometimes it's music, sometimes it's television, sometimes it's movies, but it seems like uh, over the last, certainly, three or four years, it's just been getting bigger and bigger. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm, I've been on staff for um, a really long time. Um, I started attending Dragon Con about 16 years ago, and... Um, you know, have been on staff for just about as long. I've been the track director for about, I, oh God, I think about six years, six to maybe, maybe about six. Congratulations. Um, and you still have Thank your you. hair. <laughs> I so know. And it's not gray. <laughs> this is good. And, and you don't look tired yet. <laughs> I know. I don't look tired. I don't look tired until the feedback panel on Monday. Then I look tired Sunday. Usually Sunday morning, I'm really tired. <laughs> Um, but you know, for pretty much for the most part, um, I, I, when I started the track, uh, not the track, I didn't start it. Actually, one of my staff members is the founding father of our um, track. Um, our track actually has been around since 1997 and, um, it was started by, uh, Robert, um, Robert Ray and, uh, it was originally called the Dr. Who track and then eventually they branched out into British media because there wasn't enough programming to cover Doctor Who related stuff. So um, they only had a few hours here and there. And then over the years, they've changed since then. Obviously, we're pretty big now. We still cover, cover a lot um, of stuff. And, and we're now the Brit track. At one point, um, between the um, when the movie came out and the new series, it was very dead for us. We were in a very small room. There's mm -hmm. probably around... It probably could sit about 80 people, maybe 16, 16, 80 people in the room um, for our track room. We didn't have a single large ballroom. One year when the before the new series aired, we had uh, our two first guests, which were um, Peter Davison. We had one year, and so we finally had our first big ballroom panels because <laughs> he came and we were still at the Hyatt back when the Hyatt uh, when DragonCon was only in I think maybe one hotel at that point. Um, one or two hotels at that point. So it's grown significantly in fandom so much so that, you know, we now have a large track room and we run about um, 13 large ballroom panels that seat up to 1500 people. And we, you know, have blossomed into what we are now. So it's been, it's been an honor to do this. And I'm, I, I can't wait for this year. 
Yeah. Um, well, I, I, and I do know that, you know, you guys do a great coverage of uh, Doctor Who as well as uh, uh, other things that are going on as far as the stuff from coming from the UK. But in particular, um, you know, I think one of the highlights for us on uh, Earth Station One and Earth Station Who was uh, the, the, the Doctor Who uh, panel that we got to chance to do. And that was Filling the room, standing room only. I mean, uh, last year, of course, with the 50th anniversary, there was a lot of focus on Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you know, this this year we don't have as much. So, right. um, but you know, we we were so honored that y'all came out, and you guys are going to be doing it again for us. So yes, that's we're exciting. excited about that. Yes, very excited yeah. to do that again. Um, and you're right. I mean, with the 50th anniversary, even though there's a new doctor and everything, there's uh, this year. It's it's not as as prevalent as it was last year. So it's good to, to that you'll have uh, other programming and, of course, um, you know, other fa- uh, famous, popular British shows that are are making their ways over here and and doing really well are things like Downton Abbey, which I'm sure is represented as well. Oh yeah, Downton Abbey, Orphan Black, Ripper Street, Luther. Um... You know, these are all big shows that are coming out. Um, there are certain things that we don't cover because they are covered by uh, people think would be under our umbrella, but they're not under our umbrella. Like Penny Dreadful, who is not on our programming. Um, that's something that uh, Dark Fantasies does uh, because it's an American, you know, production show. We only do British produced shows um, or UK related, like it's, but it's produced in Canada, like uh, BBC America and Orphan Black and stuff like that. So, we, we cover so much um, from, you know, we've got an anniversary this year, which is the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy released their video game 35 years ago. So we're celebrating and honoring that. We're doing that this year because a lot of people don't know this, but last year was an anniversary, not just for Doctor Who, but also for Hitchhiker's Guide. Um, the So Long and Thanks for the Fish was published 30 years um, last year. It would have been its 30th anniversary. So we didn't get a chance to celebrate that. And this year we are, you know, our, our, my one fear is that, you know, we, people forget that we do the other, we do other stuff besides, um, you know, besides Dr. Who. I don't want to be known as Dr. Who track because we're not the Dr. Who track. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, you know, we cover... Lots of stuff from the IT crowd, you know, to Shaun of the Dead is having its 10, it, it's been around for 10 years. So we're having a um, Shaun of the Dead, uh, you know, decade of Shaun of the Dead panel that we're doing. Um, you know, Terry Gilliam panel, his new movie's coming out. So we're going to be talking about that for one of our panels. So it should be um, something that is pretty good, you know, as far as. Our, our programming this year. We've got a lot of really great stuff coming out and our schedule's already posted on our website. So people can go and check out our tentative schedule. Right. The key is uh, as far as right now, still tentative, right? Oh yeah. I mean, it's like I said, it's tentative until you're sitting in the room. Um, you know, pocket program comes out and it's pretty much a rough idea of what our, the tracks and the convention thinks that how it's going to go. But, you know, we've had, as people have seen in the past, people cancel the day before or, you know, and we've had to fill in programming into that slot. And so even if you go to the convention, you still should check the app and check the Daily Dragon, especially Dr- Daily Dragon, especially if you have Twitter, you can check their Twitter feed. Um, or even our Twitter feed will announce if any changes happen in our programming. But pretty much the plan is, is my plan is already posted. Um, it's our, the plan of what we really want to do and how 
Um, you know, we hope the panels will go, but you know, I could get it, could get a guest tomorrow. Who knows? <laughs> well, um, I do know that one of the things that, uh, is probably, uh, a sure thing that's probably not going to move is your, uh, uh, the anniversary party that you're having for Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah. That will not change. Right. And that's Friday at 10 PM at, at the Sheridan. And uh, tell us a little bit about that. Um, basically we, um, you know, we're celebrating the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and it's on Friday night. We have our DJ coming out who's going to be spinning, um, all night long. We also have a, um, towel folding competition that we're going to be doing. So that should be really fun. Um, and people have like a minute to see how many towels you can fold in a minute. If you have OCD folks, it's perfect for you. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm really curious to see how many you can fold. It's, it's a three standard fold. So, it's, you know, three times the folding one towel where the top three folders will get on stage to compete for our grand prize. So um, we're really excited. Um, but there will be a prize. It is a secret. It's exciting. I'm really excited about it. Um, and the biggest thing about the party is that we're calling it Arthur, Arthur's Dent. Arthur Dent's pajama party. So people are encouraged to wear their pajamas and bring a towel. Yes. Uh, and I, mean, I, think I think at Dragon Con, it's easy for people to wear their pajamas. Yeah. It's just so. I know. I mean, how awesome is it that it's encouraged to wear your pajamas at this party? I will put one caveat. Please do not come nude or naked because I will kick you out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think, uh, yeah, the, it's important to make that distinction. It's bring your towel, not wear your towel. Okay, Darren yeah. has to get that correct. You know, we just have to make sure of that. But, uh, yeah, it's got the DJ and everything. So, yeah, that's going to be – that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, what other uh, big events do you have that you're looking forward to? We have um, our uh, our annual party that we do in conjunction with the video gaming track, which is the Heroes and Villains Ball on Saturday night, um, which is a really great, you know, event. And this year, one of the things that we're having at the party I'm actually really excited about, we're going to have a green screen, and you'll be able to take – photos and the photos go to partially to charity the majority of the money goes to charity um and you can get your photo i think on site i don't know for sure so it's, we're trying to sort out uh, whether or not it'll fully work out but we're hoping that that'll be a really cool opportunity for people to come out in their costumes and get you know a photo in front of a green screen and then they can put in a background for for people um so it's something different and fun and then uh we'll have our dj going you know all night long and um It'll, we'll have our normal decorations and that's going on. We also have, um, you do have a, a costume contest, correct? We have several, <laughs> <laughs> actually. <laughs> um, we have a, um, we have the British panel, our British costuming panel. We'll have a, a very small, um, costume contest during the panel at the end of the panel. So you have to attend the panel in order to compete in the competition um during the hitchhiker's guide to galaxy ball we have a twitter-based costume contest where you our staff will be walking around with you know labeled with signs and sashes on it say that they're Trek staff and we're going to be taking photos of people at the party and we're going to be posting them on twitter and um we're trying to do we have different hashtags for each category so if you decide to submit yourself um, you can just go to my website, um, to our website, the, which is British.dragoncon.org, and under co- under con- 
contest, I think it is. Um, it has all of the hashtags. There's like five categories from, um, you know, best Arthur Dent, best Doctor Who pajamas, I think is one of them. Um, and best robe, best slippers, that, so stuff like that. So people will be able to tweet that while during the actual party. You have to attend the party and have a picture taken while you're inside the party in order to participate in the competition. And people will uh, be informed of who the winners are after the convention and we'll mail them a prize. So we're doing our costume contest a little bit different this year. We tried doing the whole come into the room and be judged in the room and it became very chaotic for us because there were way more people than we thought there would ever be for our costume contest. So this year we're doing just a tad different. And we also have uh, for our Heroes and Villains Ball, we have another costume contest for that. Um, it's a selfie contest. So same thing on Twitter with hashtags and you take selfies. And then we also have a photo scavenger hunt that we're doing um, by a Flickr and maybe Instagram. I haven't really figured out how Instagram works yet. Um, so I'm still trying to figure that out. And uh, of just British, it's, a, it's a 142 things that you can find over the course of the entire uh, convention weekend. And whoever gets all 142, they win a prize and it's mailed to them after the convention. That's very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So for uh, so for those people who aren't aware uh, of where your track is located, it's in the Sheridan, correct? Yes. And uh, and where in the Sheridan is it? We're in the when you go in the Sheridan front doors, you hang a right uh, on the side hallway. Uh, you keep you keep going further down, and it's it's um, down on the right. Um, so it's on the first floor of the Sheridan. Um, but we have a lot of our large pan, uh, panels are all over the con. So. Um, you have to kind of look at the programming to figure out where we're actually at for our larger stuff, but we're, our main headquarters is in the Sheridan. Gotcha. And okay. So the, um, tentative schedule is online. Um, and if, if people want to see that or have any questions for you whatsoever leading up to the, uh, the event, um, where can they reach you? They can reach me at British media at dragoncon.org. Which okay. is my web, which is my um, email address, or they can find us. Um, we are a sub page on uh, underneath DragonCon, so if you go to Fantrax, you can find us there, um, and you know we can go from there. And uh, your me. Facebook group is is quite active as well. Oh, extremely active. We're constantly we we pretty much post most of our stuff on um, our Facebook group first, so people can find out information on there. We throughout the year we have our meetups and stuff like that so we we, we aren't just a only a dragon con kind of deal we actually do stuff all year long too absolutely you do and it's a, a great community to be part of and i definitely encourage everybody who uh can can is interested in anything british related or just just to come and have a good time just to check out the brit track so um definitely we'll have those links uh on our show notes so that people can check out online and uh we will see you in about a month at the actual show itself yeah, definitely. And and thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. I hope you all well, have a great evening. <laughs> and you as well. And we appreciate you being there. It's always great to talk to you. Yay. <laughs> and now joining us for the comic and pop artist Alley uh, is the director, Tom Trainer. Welcome back to the station, Tom. It's good to hear from you. Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me back on. I always look forward to talking to you guys. 
Definitely. And we look forward to, of course, DragonCon is in a month and definitely looking forward to uh, what you have in store for us at the Comic and Pop Artist Alley area. Um, a lot of guest announcements. It's going to be in another exciting year, huh? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a pretty exciting lineup as usual. It's, uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. I can't believe it's one month from today. It's impossible to believe. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, insane. But yeah, we got uh, we got a pretty good lineup. Some yeah, no, a lot of a lot of returning favorites, um, some new faces, some exciting surprises. Uh, so it's very much an exciting year for us. Awesome, awesome. So um, uh, the area you're in the same area that you've always been. Well, not always been, but for the last few years, right? Uh, yeah, Grand Hall East of the Hyatt Regency. Awesome to the art show. And, uh, and and so who are some of the exciting guests that we can find uh, in that area? Well, returning to us, we have, um, of course, the Aspen folks are back. We're doing another beach party at the aquarium with a dive with the whale sharks. And this time we actually ran a contest to put two fans in the tanks with them. Really? Whale sharks. Yeah, so it'll be uh, the guys from Aspen as well as two fans, one male, one female. We won an online contest, so that should be exciting stuff. That's cool, especially if they get yeah. eaten. Yeah, well, um, unfortunately, the whale sharks only eat fish, so <laughs> there won't be there won't be any excitement. But you know, we can script that. We can do our own story later if we need to. <laughs> but yeah, but we've got uh, we've got Andrew Aiden from March coming back, coming for the first time. Um, we've got Dave Bullock, the um, storyboardist and comic artist, who probably is most famous thing the fans was directing and storyboarding uh, Justice League, The New Frontier. Uh, he'll be out. We've got Bob Camp, animator extraordinaire, uh, man behind Running Skimpy. Um, we've got Kelly Sutaconic joining us this year. Um, we have Mike Grell returning. Of course, George Genty coming back. And then we've got Dave Johnson and Tim Sale. And we have Andrew Robinson, fresh off some Eisner's. Definitely, um, yeah. Anthony Spey will be joining us with Zenoscope is actually setting up in Artist Alley uh, as a publisher for the first time. So we'll have them on board. Um, we've got Brian Wynia, who is a uh, a video game and character di- designer extraordinaire. Um, a lot of, like, just a, a great lineup of folks again this year. Um, a lot of diversity. You know, of course, George Perez coming back to us. We've got Paolo Pantalena joining us for the first time. Um, David Mack returning to us. Van Jensen will be there. Just you know, we get we have roughly about 125 artists each year, um, and kind of a mix of familiar names as well as uh, up and comers, some pop artists. Um, just you know, the usual nice variety of folks to make it exciting for. The idea every year, of course, is to make it exciting for comic fans, but also to entice non-comic fans or people who don't realize they're comic fans yet to come in there and discover some great talent and hopefully turn them on to the funny books. So I think we, I think we've got a pretty good combo to do that this year. Definitely, definitely. And uh, um, um, as far as um, the Artist Alley itself, um, of course, that's a great area to go in. And it's always uh, lively, full of people. It's been great uh, the last few years uh, just being in that area and in that environment. Um, apart from that, you guys also have some panels, of course. Uh, any any exciting panels coming up? Yes, we actually we have a, um, a whole new programming team this year. 
Um, and they've got some really diverse and exciting stuff. They're actually um, working on a um, panel with the Jack Davis Foundation, who will be actually Jack Davis Foundation. I should mention Jack Davis Foundation will be set up in Artist Alley, um, and they will be presenting an original art exhibit of Jack Davis's artwork, about uh, a little over 30 framed pieces of uh, work from his career. That's and awesome. Yeah, and in addition, they've got a, um, I believe, I think, I want to say 25 copies, they told me, of the um, Jack Davis um, IDW Artist Edition that just came out, that is a special edition signed by Jack and will include an original piece of artwork by Jack. Wow, that's going to be beautiful yeah. to see. So that's going to be fun. But yeah, but the guys, that, you know, they're doing, um, they're doing, of course, a um, Carol Core meetup with Kelly C. DeConnick. They're doing a uh, live presentation of Justice League, The New Frontier with Dave Bullock um, with Q&A and good stuff like that. They've got um, a film comics translation kind of panel. You know, you've seen the movies, what do you do now? Character design panels, uh, a lot of education, not even educational, I guess academic um, as you're probably familiar, there's an academic group that comes every year and presents panels. So we're working in tandem with them on that. Um, and hopefully, fingers crossed, I, I don't want to jinx it, but we're hoping um, that we'll be doing a Marvel Comics to Movies panel with James Gunn. Oh, cool. Um, was announced. So Yes, that was yeah, a very that, exciting announcement. Yeah, that was, that was like very timely and wonderful. So everything I've heard about that movie so far has been 10 stars. So... Um, that's really exciting news. Um, and they actually, they have a Facebook page, a uh, Dragon Con Comics program Facebook page that is updated constantly. And they've begun rolling out their uh, panel outline, but they should have a full listing as soon as everything gets approved. Uh, I would think probably within the next week to 10 days or so. Now, one thing that I thought was really cool last year was a lot of the artists were participating in helping decorate um, some of the room keys for the hotels, do you and and a lot of people were really jazzed by that and coming down to the area to have those keys signed by the artist. Uh, it was really just a cool thing to see. Are you are you guys doing that again this year as well? Well, they do. You know, there's a there's different room keys every year. Um, we don't really reveal who's doing those because those keys are um, actually part of the security as well as just being room access keys. But we do have three exciting keys lined up this year. Nice. Um, a very beautiful badge that is being um, presented, which again I cannot tell you. Who's sure. Doing it. Um, but the main thing, most of that stuff um, this year will also be available, um, probably in limited edition print form. So you know, if anybody working on those things um, is like, I guess last year you you probably were familiar with the Aspen badge, and they released um, a limited edition print at the aquarium, which sold out in like. 12 minutes. Yeah. Um, so that's one, that's one thing that a lot of people have inquired about. Um, you know, all the conventions of late are kind of famous for exclusives. And a lot of people have expressed interest that they want more exclusives. But we actually have a fair amount of exclusives in Artist Alley. Um, you know, we don't have Mattel setting up with, you know, toys or anything like that. But from an artistic standpoint, uh, there's a lot of great prints and books and variant comics and stuff that are done just for the show. I believe Zenoscope is going to be rolling out some variants. Uh, I know Aspen is. So 
um, it's a great time for, especially for the, uh, the art collector out there to, you know, get their hands on some great stuff that's on. And, you know, unlike, you know, San Diego, you know, we kind of pride ourselves on the fact that you you can probably see everybody you want to see. And, and it's not a bash on San Diego. I'll tell you that. I mean, that's, I love that show, but it's just so overwhelming. And we still, fortunately, are at a place of Dragon Con where, you know, you can pretty much see everybody you want to see and get some FaceTime with them, get your books signed without waiting for really long lines. And, you know, we, we keep trying to maintain that. Um, and so far, it's worked out wonderfully. So, you know, I recommend everybody make a beeline for the Artist Alley and try and get their hands on the, uh, the you know, variant comics and the sketch covers and the uh, exclusive prints and all of that great stuff. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, go around. Outside of the uh, aquarium visit, is there um, any other uh, after-hours things that you guys are doing? You know, we tried for a couple of years to um, do after-hours stuff. The, the hardest part is that, you know, most of our artists are pretty committed to being at their table, you know, nine, ten hours a day. So we don't schedule a lot of stuff in the evening hours uh, formally with guests and all, just because Dragon Con, unlike most shows, is, you know, it's going, it's like a double shift. You get, you know, you do the business up front and then you party in the afternoon. Right. So, um, other than the, this year, other than the aquarium, um, there are some like the, uh, the Justice League panel and stuff of that nature are after hours. But as far as parties and stuff like that, we haven't really, um, tapped into that. We, you know, for a couple of years, we did a, um, a pro meet and greet and we usually had art releases and things of that nature. But, it really puts a lot on people and we would, you know, we love the fact that everybody loves to be at their table and meet their people and, you know, say hello to their fans. And, um, and we want them to get out and see the evening so that they can tell people, you know, what this creature is all about so that more people are interested in coming. Um, but we have, we've spoken actually about planning for next year, a Friday evening event and that would be, um, uh, you know, both pro and fan and something a little unique and a little different. And uh, if that starts to flesh out and it comes together, we'll probably announce it early into next year. Very cool. Very cool. Well, um, I appreciate you guys coming on and talking about the, uh, the track. Uh, we love uh, that area. Of course, you know, it's a place that I'm going to be. So um, for those those people um, who want to find out more information about who's going to be there and, and, and what's going to happen and maybe even uh, the, the tracks and all that, uh, the information on that, um, is there some place that they can go? Facebook? You guys got a pretty decent Facebook group now, right? Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, I always recommend everybody just go to the regular uh, Dragon Con site at dragoncon.org. Um, there's links for everything there. But you can hit us up on Facebook at Dragon Con Comics and Pop Art and Dragon Con Comics Programming. Um, and the guys are updating that pretty regularly. They're doing a, a daily feature each day, spotlighting guests at the show to kind of get people familiar. And as soon, I think right now we've got the official guest list up, and hopefully by the end of the week we're going to have the attending artist list finalized and up as well, and uh, a table number listing and all by the beginning of next week. So um, just keep hitting the uh, Dragon Con Comics and Pop Art Facebook or DragonCon.org and keep checking for updates. As you know, at DragonCon, we're always adding people. So oh, right. check it yes. until like, you know, <laughs> August 28th at 11.59. Keep looking. Yeah. Everything is tentative. <laughs> so, yes, exactly. keep that in mind. 
Well, very cool. Well, thanks again for for joining us. Uh, We really appreciate it. And we will see you in a month at DragonCon. Looking forward to it. We'll see you all then. And now joining us, it's uh, Kevin Batchelder with for some more tips for newbies. But uh, Kevin, I understand that there's going to be a lot of events that you guys are are hosting to help newbies out during the actual convention. Yeah, we figured on this uh, month's show, uh, we've been given tips and such naturally for leading up to con. But uh, if you're looking for some help at con and you're a newbie, we do have some official events we're doing in conjunction with the con this year that we thought we'd make everybody aware of in case they want to take advantage of them. Now, is this the first time you're working with DragonCon in, in a sort of official capacity? Yes. Yes, awesome. we've done. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, we've done a, one of the events as a walking tour, and we did a kind of like a fandom meetup as a newbie thing last year, just totally, uh, you know, kind of catch can. But uh, I approached the convention, and this year they uh, were very open and very gracious to give us actual uh, rooms and uh, listings on the con schedule. Very nice, very nice. So tell us about some of the uh, meetups. Yeah, what we've got, the first event we're doing is on Thursday afternoon. Uh, And as with all things Dragon Con, everything, air quotes here, guys, tentative (laughs) (laughs) until you actually get there. But the plan is uh, we're doing our walking tour at uh, 5 p.m., between 5 and 6 p.m. Thursday afternoon. Uh, If things hold, we'll be able to meet up. Uh, We've been assigned uh, the Marriott room, the double room A601 and A602 there on the atrium level to meet up there. And then uh, Kim McEveny and uh, several other folks will be acting as tour guides. We'll make a nice big circle around all the official hotels, give you an idea where things are, and come back, finish right up at that same room. It's a nice way we've done this. Uh, Kim has led this for the last couple of years. Each year we've had more and more folks. Uh, Last year we had so many. Uh, Since it wasn't official, we just planned to meet, I think it was in the uh, Hyatt uh, lobby the security got annoyed because we had so many people hanging out they made us move so wow. it'd be nice to be able to meet in an official place this year to kind of get things going definitely definitely and right off the beginning too that's cool yeah, yeah. you'll just turn security against the eso people who are gathering across the wall <laughs> now do you have uh, uh as the weekend goes on do you have more and more events or is it just pretty much the first couple days it's just the first couple of days this year, uh, just kind of as a way to kind of, if you will, test the waters, see how popular they are. I mean, I, you know, fingers crossed if they go well, we'll certainly look to expand in 2015. Well, Mike, you also have to realize if they survive two days at DragonCon, they're not newbies anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, what we're doing after that uh, walking tour uh, at 6 p.m., uh, between 6 and 8 p.m. in that same room there in the Marriott, we're doing a very... Uh, casual, informal meet and greet for newbies. A uh, chance to come down and maybe, uh, if, especially if you're someone coming to the con without a lot of friends, a chance to meet some other folks who are newbies. We'll have many experienced con goers there in a very casual environment. Just uh, meet a few folks, ask a few questions, get a chance to maybe get your bearings for con right there before things officially begin on Friday. Very nice, yeah. Uh, I mean, as things start too, it looks like there's more and more programming on Thursday, so... Uh, next year, you might have to <laughs> bump your uh, stuff up for Tuesday or Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, lots of good discussions about uh, con expanding. I know all of us uh, have a love-hate relationship with that idea. But I uh, think yeah. probably the for the thing that you that just is is that that helps out the most is that they have someone there that you know can help them sort of plan out their weekend and and not stress about it. Does that yeah. seem to happen more often than not? Oh, yeah. You guys know it as well. You hear from a lot of folks who try to ask, you know, how best to take this all in, how to approach it. And, and you know, we help a lot in our 
Newbie's Facebook group, but sometimes when you can actually talk to someone face-to-face, it's, it's a great way to get some uh, insight that work best for you. Now, is, is our, um, your events listed in the program and in the app? They will, yes. Actually, one of our events is already in, as you folks know. The app at this point is very uh, thin on details. As, Sparse as that's is the word, my friend. But yes, one of our events is already there, and all of them will be in the app and on the official program. Gotcha. And, yeah. and who will be um, – do you know who you'll be um, uh, working with for the events? Because I'm guessing that you're going to be uh, over uh, these events yourself, right? Well, I'll be there. But as you know, we've got a – the Facebook group has got lots of folks that are experienced congoers. We're uh, lining up some folks as we're calling them the newbie helpers to be there to assist. It'll be a lot more than just me and, and a couple other folks. We'll have many people there to, to steer folks in the right direction. Everybody going to have a partner? <laughs> match up uh, newbies with partners <laughs> well there's lots of different ways to look at it i'm, I'm not going to play matchmaker but i oh you no know, no, I, no. Well, I, yeah, right. I was not going to go there mike i was like <laughs> listening to you and i was like oh he is not saying that <laughs> oh he is not going there i mean as no. we all know what happens at con stays at con you know except for the videos and photos that go up but you know what i mean you know sure I was, thinking it, of, I, was, I was having flashbacks to my, my early years in, you know, swim team or, you know, <laughs> everybody has a buddy. No, and there is, that's one of the things we've definitely seen this year, which, which is great, but I understand can be scary. We've seen a lot of folks joining the newbie group who've said, hey, I'm coming and I'm like on my own or there's only me and one other friend and we don't know anyone and, you know, what are we going to do? And we're just trying to reassure folks that it's, that's it's such a great community. real quick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's such an open community and this way, if we have them hang out a little bit on Thursday. I mean, there you go. You can already be talking about what events you're going to go to and, and maybe buddying up with someone who just has similar uh, stuff that they like. I mean, it's it's a great way to kick off the con that way when a very casual way to do it, you know? Definitely. And most of the tracks will have uh, also introductions. Uh, so in an hour, their first uh, item of business will be sort of an intro to the weekend. So if there's a particular track that you're interested in, uh, and finding out what's going on there or just trying to meet some new people uh, from those particular tracks. Those are great ways to do that because they're usually not crazy in terms of how, you know, they're not hugely attended. There are, you can pretty much get some one-on-one FaceTime with the people who are running those tracks. Oh, sure. That's a great way. I mean, a lot of folks that I've now known for many years were folks that I ran into at one of those early panels or introduction panels, uh, you know, to kick the day off. I mean, you're going there to to a certain track because it's a topic or a show or a movie or something you're interested in. So you've already got something in common. You just haven't had a chance to talk about exactly. it yet. Exactly. You never know. You might end up co-hosting a podcast with one of them. You never know. <laughs> Stranger things have happened to the three of us, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the other well, official um, event is uh, actually going to be happening on Friday morning once Con has started. Uh, it's an event that's actually the one that's already listed in the uh, Dragon Con app. It's uh, DragonCon 101 is what we're calling it. It's Friday morning from 10 a.m., which is the official start of con, until noon. Uh, this one's going to be currently assigned to be over in the Hyatt, in the Regency 5 uh, ballroom, on the ballroom level. So it's uh, it's a two-hour time block, and we're not going to do a two-hour presentation from the panel, guys. So <laughs> I was going to say, uh, if people are already rolling their eyes like, I can't t-. No, it's more of a – we'll do like a rolling set of presentations. I'll have several folks there as panelists and leaders. We'll spend a few minutes with some basic tips, but then open it up to questions. So you can come in for 15 minutes, a half hour, whether it's at 10 or 11 or 10.45 or 11.30, wherever it fits your schedule – 
come in and we'll try to rotate that information during the course of that two-hour block. So uh, we'll, we'll make it very concise, allow you to get some good information. Again, same idea, maybe meet a few new friends and get some information answered in a little more of a formal thing than the meet and greet. But uh, no, it's not like you got to hang for the two hours or you're going to hear me drone on for 90 minutes. <laughs> well, not that there's anything wrong with that in particular, but it's no. just that and, – and look, I mean we've done these uh, DragonCon reports uh, all year long and we still feel like you know we haven't covered even half or a third of what's going to happen at the convention. So no. I mean you could easily spend, if you wanted to, two hours introducing people to the ins and outs of DragonCon. But uh, yeah. yeah, I, I was like, like, wow. <laughs> Gonna be no, slides? It, was <laughs> it was very gracious of the con to give us two full time slots, which is wonderful. But no, we don't want to do it that way because let's face it, whether it's con or anything else, when you're new to something, you got the you know your eyes are wide open and you want to learn, but there's only so much you're going to retain. So we're, we're no need to turn everybody into glassy eyed deer in the headlights. We'll hopefully do make it concise enough, and we're not going to expect you to stay the whole two hour block. And again, same idea. We'll line up some other folks who are experienced to be there for certain parts of that. So it's not just Kevin or Kim or Mike or some of the folks in the newbie group. It's a lot of other con goers who've been doing this for years who are going to be there to help you out. Excellent. Excellent. And is that the last event that you're doing? Yeah. It's just those three official events this year as kind of a, you know, test it out, see things go and uh, we'll evaluate that and probably things go well, plan to do more in 2015. But that way, even if you, unable to take advantage of any of the great stuff you guys have been suggesting or any of the other thing leading up to con if you get there and need your quick refresher thing we'll give you a couple different ways to get it very cool very cool well that's uh your efforts are much appreciated and uh it's glad to see that they've got an official dragon con tag on them now so that that's pretty awesome and i think they'll that even more people uh it'll encourage even more people to come and check it out so in the meantime if people have questions with this last a uh, month to go leading up to the show. Where can they reach you? The best place for anybody to go is to our website at dragonconnewbies.org. And we've got all kinds of links there to our popular Facebook group, which is approaching a thousand members to Twitter handles, email addresses, links to any of our Facebook event pages. We put those up for each of these uh, events. You don't even have to be a Facebook member. You can go there to get the details and check off if you're going, just to give us an idea so we can make sure to have enough people there. So, that's one place that will launch you into links to lots of other helpful stuff, including uh, some great podcasts like the ones you guys do and everything else. The um, the Facebook group is amazingly helpful, um, and I, I love the attitude of the people. There's no question out there that's too ridiculous or too silly. Um, everybody there is is seems like they're on the same page to make this the best convention that they can be for everybody involved. Yeah, and i got to say, it's just as corny as it sounds, it's wonderful too because uh, – you know, folks post in that group and having been the one that started, my instinct is to run over and throw an answer. And now I'm able to kind of sit back and let the community offer advice. And, and it's wonderful when you see folks who have only been going a couple of years jump in to offer their advice now. So the folks who were brand new a couple of years ago are becoming the folks who help out the newbies. And that's another way of showing where, you know, the community at DragonCon is just so wonderful. That's very cool. Very cool. Look at that. The newbie legacy. Exactly. <laughs> paying it forward. Paying it forward. Awesome. Well, thanks very much, Kevin. Uh, and uh, we will talk to you again next, uh, well, in a few weeks, because that'll be our last show before the big event. So, Yeah, we're almost there. It's getting real exciting, guys. I appreciate it. Cool. We appreciate you as well. Thanks for coming by. 
And now joining us once again is our, our good friend, Zan, who we only met in the last episode, but we liked her so much, we invited her back. And this time, she's going to give us some last-minute uh, budget costume ideas, uh, because we've only got a month to go, Zan. Is it still possible to actually do a costume? Oh, yeah, totally. I've, like, done costumes in less than a day. Um, the, the key with my costuming is I'm a, I like to call it a budget cosplay. I'm a budget cosplayer. I think I've only recently heard the term casual cosplayer. I'm, I'm sure there's different terms out there. But, um, yeah, I mean, you a lot of times you can get inspiration last minute. I've seen people who do costumes referencing an episode that only aired a week ago. So, I mean, you can you can just get inspiration from anywhere, and you don't have to have a lot of money. Now, about now is the time where if you want to order anything online, you do want to get that done in the next week or so, especially because a lot of things come from overseas, and when they give you that time range of when it might arrive, sometimes that time range has like a week leeway in it. So you definitely want to allow yourself time for anything that you ordered to get in right because you certainly don't want to be you know sewing or doing whatnot while you're trying to drive to atlanta uh yeah people <laughs> used to finish their costumes in the registration line because the <laughs> registration line was five hours long and i actually heard people complain when the registration lines got significantly shortened a few years ago because now they didn't have time to work on their costumes anymore which i oh, thought that's was too pretty funny. funny you know that is yeah, too oh, funny you, you just can't win. <laughs> so, okay, so tell us about, like, what is it possible to do at this juncture uh, for a low budget uh, as far as uh, costuming goes? Well, the first thing you can do is look around your house. If you don't already kind of keep supplies ready to go, then you might want to start that. So, for example, at Dragon Con, I bring what I call my bag of bags, which my new roommates always laugh at, and then the next day they're asking to borrow from it. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a bag filled with other bags that I use for organizational purposes. And in my house, I have something similar. I have a container full of containers. So I will start keeping old butter containers, or if you buy, say, lean cuisines or any kind of food that comes in a container that can be cleaned and then kept later, I have my container of containers, which is normally stuff you would just throw out or recycle, but you can easily paint this stuff and make it into an outfit or an accessory. So, for example, I just saw somebody post something about Bad Wolf online and I thought that would go great with my TARDIS dress. So that's just adding an accessory to an existing outfit that'll just put a little bit of a spin on it and it'll make something old seem new. Right. Because these are, yeah, because that's pretty much a, a plastic material that you can paint or mold or cut to, to something that you actually need uh, for a costume. Yeah, exactly. Or if you already have construction paper or markers or any little bits of things that you might already be collecting. And if you're not already collecting things like this, if you are in the habit of throwing them out, then just before the convention, stop for a while. Um, one reason I only bring one bag of bags and I only have one container of containers in my house is because I have roommates and they're mundane and I can't just take over the whole house with my costuming. Yes. Other people have to live here. So by <laughs> limiting myself to one container, I'm saying, okay, this is the limit. And that's right. another thing too is 
most people, you know, you're not living on the TV show Heroes of Cosplay. You don't have a whole warehouse. You don't, you can't just call up the dude who invented the lightsaber to help you out. You have to work with the restrictions that you have in your normal, average, everyday, day-to-day life. Um, And speaking of Heroes of Cosplay, that's another good thing to mention, especially if you're new to costuming, is if you're watching Comic-Con coverage, or TV shows about makeup, and you've seen all these impressive things about what cop, what cosplaying is, that's not at all what I do. I'm probably never going to have the time, money, or skill level for a lot of those things, and that's perfectly fine. I mean, I don't need to compare myself to a TV star with great lighting and a professional makeup artist because I'm walking around in the real world under harsh fluorescent lighting And I've got 15 minutes to put on my makeup, and then I'm out the door. So that's another good thing, too, is you can have a fantastic time with a $50 costume and some creativity. It doesn't have to be big and elaborate. If that's your thing, that's fantastic. But don't feel like you can't participate if you're not bringing an A-plus game, because most people aren't going to be able to put in that much time and effort for one outfit. Most people, you know, everybody has to start somewhere. Right. And basically, you know, you're just, the goal is just to have fun with your fandom, no matter how much you want to put into it or, or, you know, um, you know, you're not, you're not going there to be judged uh, based on, you know, whether or not you're accurate or, you know, how much you spent on your costume. It's just the idea that, you know, um, if you're passionate about something and, and you want to represent it at the convention, uh, this is the perfect opportunity to do so. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like it's like a sports game. You know, most people are the spectators. They're not actually playing the sports. Most people that walk around in costume aren't actually going to be in costume contests. They're not going to be judged. They're just having fun. Right. So there's room on there's plenty of room on both ends of the spectrum. Um, So, for example, uh, one of my favorite outfits that I had fun with was just all I needed was a cardboard box and a Sharpie. That was it. That was the whole outfit. I did have on clothes underneath. I wasn't just walking around in a cardboard box. But (laughs) um, the reason for the Sharpie was I'm right-handed, so I took my left hand and I drew on the box and I made it the transmogrifier from Calvin and Hobbes so it would give it that childlike handwriting by writing with my non-dominant hand. And it was fantastic. It got a lot of double takes and people walking by were like, what's with the cardboard box? That's the lamest outfit of, oh my God, it's Calvin Hobbes. I need a picture. <laughs> so that was just, you know, like most people just walked on by me because there's like Iron Man and Disney princesses and everything around me is more impressive than a cardboard box. But for the people that took the time uh, everybody wanted to wear it. They wanted photos. It stopped traffic. I had to move out of the way. I took <laughs> it to parties, and I just put the box in the room with people dancing, and then I walked away and watched people play with it like five-year-olds, and then I took, I offered to take their pictures with their cameras so they would have that memory. Wow, that's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah, for the people that get it, it's really worth it. Yeah, and a lot of costumes are going to be like that. You know, I don't get every costume. It's It's just not possible. So you're not trying to please everybody. You're trying to please yourself. And hopefully a few other people are going to get it too. Definitely. And um, what, uh, 
So what other tips uh, can you suggest for, uh, to put something together? Um, well, there's a lot of questions you need to ask yourself. For example, um, how are you going to spend your day? Are you the type of person that's going to be sitting down a lot? Or are you going to be doing a lot of photo shoots and standing most of the time? How much walking around are you going to be doing? If you are going to have big fairy wings and you're going to be walking around a lot, you might want to consider seeing if somebody can be your handler. That's somebody that kind of lets the crowd around you know that you're walking through, particularly if your costume has limited visibility. You also want comfortable shoes, especially if you're going to be walking around a lot and attending panels in your costume. Sometimes shoes are a huge part of your outfit, so in that case, just have a change of shoes, one for walking, one for, um, one for posing. You know, like Wonder Woman isn't really the same in Crocs, so a lot of people are going to put effort into those boots for the superhero costumes. And um, other questions, how many costumes are you going to be wearing in a day? Atlanta is hot and humid, and it's just not acceptable to wear the exact same costume every single day. So, <laughs> I mean, you can only Febreze so much, people. Even if you change all your undergarments regularly, and you should, you still can't wear the same costume for four straight days. So you might want to show up with different outfits. It's not uncommon for people to have a costume during the day, and a costume at night, and maybe a different outfit if they are going to be participating in photo shoots. You know, you probably aren't going to see the person dressed as full-on Iron Man sitting in that outfit in a panel, but you'll see them out in areas waiting for their picture to be taken. Um, one of the best pieces of advice I ever read, and I only read it recently online, is that the best way to not forget any of your costume pieces because a lot of costumes, a big part of them will be the accessories. For example, Wonder Woman, you know, you're going to have a lasso with that probably. So one of the best pieces of advice I read was to put everything on in your room, which you're probably going to be doing anyway, so you can practice your poses for the camera. Then take the item directly off your body and put it in the suitcase. That way you don't forget it. One year I actually spent more money having a costume piece mailed to me than that costume piece cost me. But it was an important part of the outfit, and I wanted it for a specific party. So then I was able to go to the party and get my photographs taken with other people in similar costumes. And it was worth it because I had been um, working on losing enough weight to fit into that outfit all year. So that was kind of my moment of triumph, and I figured it was worth the FedEx cost so that I could have that accessory. Yeah, definitely a reward uh, for, for that work, yes. Um, well, very cool. Um, um, for those people out there who are looking for some ideas or suggestions or just some help uh, in terms of they're trying to put something together, uh, but they need, you know, they have a limited budget or they're really not sure how to go about things, um, I take it, I know that you've been posting on the Earth Station One board and you post regularly to the... Uh, DragonCon Newbies board. Is there some other resource that uh, they could either get in contact with you or someone else to uh, to help them out? Um, well, I am a member of the DragonCon Costumes Club group. I admit Excellent. I haven't posted there as much because 
um, just lurking there. I'm a member of a lot of communities, and some I'm more active on posting, and some I'm, I'm more of a lurker. But just lurking, lurking on there, a lot of them seem to be far more advanced in terms of their costume-making skills. For example, I don't sew or own a sewing machine. So for me, a big part of it is finding the foundation piece, like – the other day I saw a beautiful blue dress, or well, a couple weeks ago actually, I saw a beautiful blue dress and I, it reminded me a lot of Daenerys Targaryen from Game of Thrones. So I bought the dress. I would have never sewed that. So sometimes opportunities just present themselves sure, and sure. you can't plan everything ahead of time. So just keeping your eyes open throughout the year for really good bargains can really help the budget customer. So I've been lurking on that group. Um, but a lot of I have noticed that a lot of people that post there, they're new to cosplaying, and they'll ask very specific questions, and they get immediate responses from people who are clearly very skilled in the art of physically making outfits. Yeah, one of the uh, things that I've definitely noticed is that uh, for the, a lot of the communities seem to be all about helping people, and that's a, a great thing. So. Uh, definitely appreciate that. Um, and uh, so if other than um, Facebook, is there anybody, is there any way that people can uh, reach you? Um, well, I have an email address. So, I mean, if there was like a specific question somebody had, that would be fine. Um, my email address is skzb at hotmail.com. Okay. Very cool. Well, we definitely look forward to um, seeing you in about a month and seeing what you've come up with for your costumes. And uh, are you all done? I'm doing something last minute. I, you know what? <laughs> I have barely even started. I've been gathering foundation pieces and coming up with ideas and making lists. I'm very type A at Dragon, and I have a lot of lists. Got so um, one thing I've been doing is trying to figure out what I have around the house and what I need to be ordering in the next week. And then also actually assembling things that I've purchased and taking test photos and practicing poses. So I have a lot of ideas, but I need to take about two or three straight days and just get everything done all at once. Yeah. Some people prefer to break it up into little stages, but I find I'm not very productive in the hour or two I have after work before I go to bed. Sure. It'll be definitely interesting to see what you come up with. So, And we definitely look forward to seeing you in a month. We really appreciate your time with us. Thank you very much. Good luck to everybody. And now it's time for turning to the show is Nikki Rao Baker and her Keep Calm and Go to Con segment. Welcome back, Nikki. Thank you, Mike. Always a pleasure to be here with you guys. So what do you got for us this month? So this month I'm going to talk a little bit about some Dragon Con photo shoot locations. So as we all know, one of the big things that we like to do with our cell phones, with our tablets, with our nice digital cameras is capture everything that we can. And one of the best places to capture everyday awesomeness of Dragon Con is at some of these photo shoot locations. So you've got your costume almost finished, and now you want to make plans on how to capture those moments. So here are a few places that you can snap some photos. Um, if you want to do some indoor shoots, a couple places that I have found are good are the 10th floor of the Marriott. Um, as you know, it's a pretty open area, lots of good natural light, uh, and it's there's there's a lot of little nooks and cubbies where you can kind of hide away if you don't want to uh, have a lot of other people around uh, photobombing your photo shoot. That's more um, for like 
that's what they consider the upper lobby. That is correct. Yeah. It's, it's in between, uh, if you're riding the elevator, it's going to be in between the main portion of the hotel and where the rooms, the main rooms actually start It's a pretty open atrium type area. And like I said, there's lots of good natural light on that, um, on that floor. And it's a lot more quiet and it's not as, like you were saying, not as much chance of people doing photo bombs and such. Exactly. Yeah. The only thing that you may have to deal with is um, getting the elevator. As everybody knows, waiting for an elevator in the Marriott is, you know, you can age a year waiting for the elevators. But it's only 10 floors. So if you're feeling uh, pretty fit, you can take those 10 floors up Um, or you can just, you know, Stop on your way down. Patience. That's, that's always a good option. Yes, be patient. As we all know, um, yeah, waiting for the, the Marriott elevators is definitely a lesson in patience. Uh, so 10th floor Marriott's a good place. Also the Marriott Tower Stairs. Um, I did a uh, Pirates of the Caribbean photo shoot there a couple of years ago. It was a lot of fun. It's a really interesting um, architectural piece, I should say. Uh, and, again, it's uh, – kind of hidden away a little bit. Um, I don't know how many people know about this area. Um, it may have gained in popularity over the last couple of years, but if you time it right, either early in the morning or later in the evening, you might get lucky and get some, some cool um, shots looking down towards the lobby itself um, on the winding staircase. Um, also, the motor lobby of the Marriott in the lower levels, in the bowels of the Marriott. There are some nice little areas tucked away. Um, and uh, a few years ago, if people recall, we had the, the honor of having the giant Jabba the Hut down there a few years ago. And the Slave Leia shoot was down there. So if you guys remember that, where um, I like to do some some photo shoots with some friends down there sometimes. Um like I said, that's the motor lobby. If you're looking for outdoor shoots, if you're wanting to brave the great outdoors in your fantastic costume and go out in the Georgia heat, a couple of places that you can go are the Basilica of Sacred Heart. That's the really cool um, old church that's uh, on Peachtree Center Avenue. If you head out of the, the main hotels, um, if you head north on Peachtree Center Avenue, um, you'll run into the church. Um, just be aware it is an active working church. So they may have church services going on uh, at any time of day. There may be a wedding going on, things like that. Uh, but it is a, a, a cool backdrop for some photos. I did a steampunk photo shoot there last year and they, it came out really nice. So it's Basilica of Sacred Heart on Peachtree Center Avenue. Another good place, uh, Hardy Ivy Park on Peachtree Street. A uh, thing to be aware of with that is a lot of larger photo shoots have already staked their claim on that area. Uh, but if you want to be part of a larger shoot, you know, like a DC, uh, Marvel, um, X-Men, uh, I know that uh, some of the, the Spartans are doing some shoots there this year. Um, you can hop in on that area as well. That's Hardy Ivy Park on Peachtree Street. A couple other outdoor areas are the Hilton Pool area. The Hilton Back Steps, everybody knows about that. That's kind of a famous area for photo shoots. And also the fountain and the water feature of the Marriott. Um, the big fountain out in the lobby or the, the driveway area. 
the pro- the problem with that is it's always crowded. And it's and it can be dark. Um, yes. So Thursday evening, when people are just starting to arrive, and possibly early Sunday morning, when people are still up in their rooms packing, or I'm sorry, Monday morning, when people are still up in their rooms packing, those are going to be your two best bets for that area. And also remember, there's the wonders of Photoshop. If there's too many people, you can Photoshop them out, or you That's can add more people in wonderful. if you want. That's always wonderful. Photoshop is. is amazing for that type of stuff. It, yeah, it is. I've, I've had to get rid of uh, people in photos before. Um, one thing that you guys really want to be aware of is if you think you might get in trouble for shooting there because it might be private property, go ahead and back away. We don't want anybody to get arrested. We don't want anybody to get in trouble. Um, if you're unsure... If you see a security guard nearby, ask them, say, hey, I just want to take a couple pictures of me and my friends in our costumes. If they say no, go ahead and move on, find another place. If they say yes, be cordial, say thank you, take your few photos and and go back to the show and enjoy the rest of the show. Yeah, come on, folks. People you know, have raised you with uh, some kind of manners. Exactly. And it's always good to use that. Yeah, we like I said, we don't want anybody to get into any trouble. And there are so many places around that, that you guys can go and take pictures. Um, don't climb up on any walls or fences or statues or anything like that. Be smart. Um, even though you think, hey, this is going to look really cool, we don't want anybody to get hurt and we don't want anybody to get in trouble. One of the other places outside that I don't know if you know about, um, Nikki, is over by SunTrust Plaza. Ah, I'm glad you brought that up. SunTrust Plaza is actually kind of a gray area. There are some people that have had luck taking photos there, and there are other people that have been shooed away trying to take photos. So, like I said, that's that's one of those situations where if you see security, because it is such a cool building and there are lots of people that are wanting to take pictures there, they do have um, security roaming the ground so if you see them and there's only like two or three of you you might be able to do it just go and say hey i want to snap a couple photos of me and my friends and they may say yes they if there's 30 of you and you're climbing all over the statues they may look at you and go ah you guys need to leave so just you know you use your common sense um but you're right that is absolutely a really cool place architecturally speaking it's it's Got a lot of really neat features. A lot of times with SunTrust Plaza, I've found, and especially talking to people who've worked there and such, they're a lot more cooler about using that location on Saturday and Sunday because it's non-business times. Exactly, yeah. So Thursday, Friday, Monday, you may want to stay away from that area. But on the weekends when the uh, the regular business folk are not going to be in the building, um you're probably pretty good to go there on yeah on a Saturday and a Sunday, especially you know the photographers uh, have this thing called the golden hour, and um, that's going to be where the light is just right, and you're going to find really good lighting, um, sunrise and sunset at at dawn and at dusk. Those are the times that you're going to find really beautiful lighting, and especially at those times, it's not going to be super crowded. So if you want to go ahead, get up early, or heck, just stay up all night and go take your picture. 
you, you probably will have better luck, uh, like you said, Mike, on Saturday or Sunday. Exactly. Another um, thing, a no-no, is around the Peachtree Center area. You have to be careful about taking pictures of some of the buildings because they're federal buildings. Right, yeah. So even though it may seem harmless to you, um, the eyes in the sky may think differently, and they may ask you, can you please not take any photos? Go exactly. ahead and find another place to take your pictures. Exactly. Last summer when we were filming the uh, Dragon Con walking tour with Darren and myself, um, we actually got um, asked to uh, change locations because of the federal buildings when we were doing some outside shots right outside of the Peachtree Center. Yeah, and these places look kind of innocuous to you, but you never know what's housed inside. And especially if you show up with a really nice camera with a good long lens, they might get a little uh, on edge, a little suspicious, and ask what the heck you guys are doing there. Um, but... Like I said, and like you've mentioned, there are lots of other places to go to. Um, and if you need more information, just to kind of wrap things up, if you need more information, there are a lot of really good places that you can go to online to look for photos. Or I'm sorry, to look for photo shoots. Um, there is a group on Facebook called the Dragon Con Photo Shoots. Pretty easy to remember. Um, and there is a spreadsheet with all the different times of all the different groups that are listed on there. And also there are people that are posting saying, Hey, I've got a uh, classic Xena group that I want to have a photo shoot. Who, who else wants to do this? Let's set this up. And there are photographers. Sorry, go ahead, Mike. Oh no, I was going to say, it's just check online. That's the best way to find it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Use the information at your disposal in this day and age. There's, there's no reason why you get information very quickly and uh, the latest because you don't, you don't want to show up for your really great uh, mass effect photo shoot at 10 AM and they have changed it to 11 and you're the only one standing there waiting around. Um, so check the Facebook DragonCon photo shoot group uh, and also cosplay.com has a thread that's dedicated to various group and solo photo shoots. Um, and like I said, there are customers listed on there that are looking for other groups. There are ph photographers such as myself that are looking to um, snap photos of you guys. Uh, and another couple things to remember. If you're in the parade, most certainly your photo is going to be taken. Uh, so put that out there. Say, hey, I'm going to be in the parade. Anybody that's got pictures of me in my steampunk, uh, little mermaid costume. I'd love to see them. That's the other thing to kind of be aware of is if you are posting that after the show that you're looking for pictures of you in your costume, try to give as accurate of a description as you can, because there are going to be a thousand poison ivies and 10 million Harley Quinns, but say, Hey, I was the Harley Quinn that had the purple and green hammer instead of the traditional hammer. Um, but afterward, there's going to be lots of places where you can find your photos, but looking before the show, cosplay.com, DragonCon photo shoots on Facebook, and you can always keep up with the latest social media on the various, uh, websites. We've got, uh, DragonCon newbies. Is that right, Mike? Yes. Um, DragonCon newbies on Facebook. And then also on, on our group the ESO group. We're always posting information about that. 
um, on my page on Geek Behind the Lens. You can find information about photo shoots on there. Uh, and on Live Journal, I know that there's some DragonCon photo shoot information on there as well. Oh, wait. Uh, Nikki, before we get out of here, I think maybe we should talk a little bit about photography etiquette at cons, too, before we're done. That's a really good idea, Mike. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, one of the things that everybody should be aware of, obviously, we want to have the best pictures that we can. Um, and as photographers, if I'm out there setting up a shoot with a big group and I've got everything set just right, I've got my picture frames correctly i've got my lights i've got you know everything that i want um and i want to go ahead and, and snap this photo and somebody else comes up and and jumps in front of me and goes to take a picture or you know there's somebody with their their point shoot camera that has an automatic pop-up flash and they take the the photo at the same time i do what's going to happen is my photo is going to be overblown, meaning that there's going to be too much light on my photo and that could potentially ruin it. I could fix it in, in Photoshop or Lightroom or whatever editing software, but it's just, it's just good common, uh, like you said, con etiquette to, if you see a photo shoot going on and you want to take pictures of that, kind of hang back a little bit, wait until the main photographer is finished with that shoot and then go over to the group and say, Hey, can I get a few quick pictures. Well, exactly. Um, Cause a lot of times you're going to see, especially in the Marriott, um, there's t in the upper atrium area, there are a ton of people just posing and everything. It's always nice to ask, but you also see people who have professional setups going. And when you see something like that, just don't step in front of them and do it. Cause they're getting paid to do this. And these people have been setting up for 20 minutes. And you, like Nikki said, your flash could ruin 25 minutes worth of work or something. They've been trying to set up and this poor cosplayer is sweating their ass off in their costume or something. Exactly. And when you've got so many people kind of crowding around, what happens a lot of times is it kind of, throws off your framing, um, or you could accidentally get somebody that will bump you right as you're taking the picture and then your picture is blurry. Or if you're like me and you're kind of a shorter photographer, I don't want to have somebody who's taller trying to get in front of me and taking a photo because most likely I'm going to get the top of your head in the picture too. And like we've mentioned multiple times on the show, be aware of your surroundings, folks. You know, don't stop in the middle of the walkway to take a picture. Don't try to have somebody pose on the habit trail or on it right at the end of an escalator or stairs. You know, go off to the side. You know, there's always some place you can go to do that. Yeah, and the, and the uh, staff that are working at the hotels are really great about giving you information on where you can go because – most of the staff at these hotels, we see them year after year. It's the same folks that are working there. And so they, they know where some good places are to take pictures. So listen to the staff if they say, hey, why don't you step over here to the left or step uh, over to the right? Or I know that there's an, an empty room over here that you can go into. Go ahead and take that advice. Scoot out of the way um, and let other people get through. Exactly. That's good advice, Nikki. I appreciate it. Thank you again for joining us back again. Thank you, Mike. All right, and we will see you back again next month. And by then, the con's only a week and a half away. Oh, my gosh. I don't even want to think about it. Don't scare me like that. I know. I know. I'm just shaking my head. <laughs> but that's that's that much closer to Buckets of Chrome. <gasps> You're right. Mm-hmm. 
And now joining us for our cosplay snapshot uh, this uh, this month is Sarah Pope. Welcome to the station, Sarah. Hi, thank you. And uh, now I know that you come from a, a little bit different background from some of the cosplayers or costumers that we've talked to in the past. Um, you actually went to school for it, correct? Uh, well, I went to school for textile design, um, which I use quite a bit in making costumes. So kind of. <laughs> and and um, now uh, I guess we'll start with your experience with um, costuming. How long have you been uh, interested in costuming? Oh, I've been making costumes since I was about 15, which is quite a few years now. Yes. Um, I've been doing it professionally since about uh, 2003. Um, I worked a little bit in bridal then, too. But other than that, I've been mostly doing costumes ever since. That's awesome. And and so how does that um, sort of translate to Dragon Con? Uh, when did you start doing costuming at conventions? Um, my friend Mary actually got me into costuming. I think we went to some anime conventions probably about 2001, and that was the first year she dragged me to Dragon Con, and I've been every year since. Very cool. Very cool. Are there any particular costumes that you might have worn that got any particular attention that people would know you from? Ooh, yeah. Let's see. Several years ago, we did a group of uh girls dressed as male Batman villains in like showgirl style way before it was cool, of course. Uh-huh. Um, and I did the Riddler and uh, that group got a lot of attention that year. People tend to still remember it. Um, we had a female Bane that was particularly hot, so it stood out. Um, I did the Dawn contest a few years. Uh, I think I won once for uh, most original design. <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, thank you. It's something I'm very proud of. It goes on every resume. <laughs> I, I, I kind of miss the Dawn show. So. I don't know if I miss it, but it was definitely a good experience. I made a few friends through it, and it was always nice to see everybody's costumes up close. <laughs> and now there's so many. It used to be the main, you know, for lack of a better word, costume contest that Dragon Con had. But now uh, there's costume contests all over the uh, convention. Well, I think that that's how it should be. Um, Dragon Con has always been, as far as I'm concerned, the very best convention in the country for costumes. You have so many people who are, you know, spend their entire year leading up to it. They have, you have costumes from people who just do it as a hobby for fun and have no idea what they're doing. People who do it as a hobby and do know what they're doing. But then you also have professionals that come in. Uh, a lot of people here now working in the film industry in Atlanta, um, do it as kind of their side projects and you get some really incredible work and it's a big showcase for it so it's nice to have a place that all of that comes together now have you already uh, designated what costumes that you'll be doing this year i have a few on my list um i've recently started working a show so i uh, don't have as much free time as i would like but i am definitely going to have a marjorie from game of thrones um, I'm also doing, let's see, uh, maybe a Dark Phoenix, uh, Jesse Quick, possibly. I love speedsters. Um, and then I'm also doing Meryl from Dragon Age. About how many costumes do you think you'll uh, be bringing to you to Dragon Con? Uh, this year I'll bring a handful, maybe four or five. Uh, I might bring a few extras just to get some good photos of them that I haven't really gotten any pictures of before. Uh, I used to bring a lot more back when I first started coming to Dragon Con. I would bring maybe 12 to 15 costumes every year, and that was when it was just Friday through Monday. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. 
Now, um, speaking of costume of, of speedsters, uh, I met you uh, a few months ago at Heroes, and you had a Quicksilver costume, which was very excellent. Oh, thank you. I have always been a fan of the Speedy guys and uh, the new movie. I absolutely loved, but the design for Quicksilver was just so fun and original, and I really enjoyed it. Plus, I already had, you know, a the right Pink Floyd t-shirt and at that point, you know, you got half the costume. So, <laughs> yeah, so it's a little bit, so it's a little easier to put together. Yeah, definitely. I didn't really have to make anything for that costume. It was just kind of a fun uh, costume that I made just to show my appreciation for the character. Is there any costume that over the years you've just had to do like um, uh, every year? Like I have to have this one because people expect me to wear this every year. Um, I tend to, I mean, I used to have a hard rule of only wearing a costume once. As I've gotten older and slower, I have started, <laughs> you know, making some and wearing them more than once just to really get some longevity out of them. Uh, several years ago, I put together Padme's funeral gown from Star Wars, and that I spent so much time and energy working on. I had to do like burnout velvet and hand dyeing and screen printing and all these crazy techniques. Um, so I wore that several years to really showcase it. I uh, entered it in the Star Wars costume contest and won Best Padme Formal. Um, it was very nice. I got a certificate. Nice. <laughs> um, and I've worn that over and over again a few times. I joined the Rebel Legion with that costume. Don't get to march very much with it because she'd be kind of a zombie. It's always <laughs> weird walking around in that outfit. Uh, but it was definitely the one that I, I've worn more than any others. Now, do you, what, what do you participate in at Dragon Con as far as, um, you know, with the costumes? Do you, do you actually do the photo shoots? Do you do the parade or... I've done a little bit of everything. I did the Friday night costume contest the first few years. I've done the parade. Um, I did the parade in the World War II group several years ago uh, and as a Navy officer. And then I've also done it. Um, we did a group of Indiana Jones one time when the newer movie came out. Um, but it's a little hot, so I, I don't do the parade much anymore. <laughs> um, hot and early, right? Yeah, hot and early, and you know that just doesn't mix well with scotch. So <laughs> I don't, I don't do it anymore. I just watch. <laughs> Excellent. So, well, definitely looking forward to seeing you uh, this year, um, and uh, and what you've got now. If for people, do you have any suggestions for people who are either just starting out or or looking for tips for cos costuming? Honestly, um, I have to say it's a lot easier now to get started than it was when I started. Um, you've got the internet, you've got Google and eBay, and between those things, it makes putting stuff together so much easier because you have so many resources and videos and tutorials, and there's so many people out there that are willing to help you know help you learn and figure out new techniques. Um, so honestly, the sky's the limit. Never. Um, don't choose something because you don't think you know how to do it. Take it as an opportunity to, to challenge yourself and learn a new technique or a new skill that you didn't have before. Um, it's always a lot more fun that way. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And there's no shortage of the uh, people out there willing to help. Um, no, it de definitely seems like there's a lot more resources now than there used to be. 
Oh, yeah. It's it's really amazing. I mean, when I started, it was me and my friends just kind of getting together in the living room, hacking our way through it and making stuff up. And we made horrible costumes. So now you can make much more well-informed, horrible costumes. <laughs> <laughs> well, very cool. Well, um, for those people out there who are interested in maybe seeing some of your uh, past costumes or certainly checking in with you, uh, do you is there some place on, on Facebook or online that they can go? Uh, sure. I have a website at um, sarahnicolepope.com. That's S-A-R-A-N-I-C-O-L-E-P-O-P-E.com. Um, that has some of my costumes up. I believe I also have some profiles at American Cosplay Paradise under Go Faster Strawberry. Um, it also alters as my uh, female punk band name. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, so yeah, that's probably about the best places to find pictures of things. Oh, very cool. Well, very cool. And well, we thank you so much for joining us on the station and we look forward to seeing you in about, are you ready for it? It's about a month away. Oh, don't talk about it. <laughs> it's way too soon. <laughs> uh, it sounds like you still got some work to do. So. Oh yeah. Well, thank you so much guys. I enjoyed talking to you about all this. Yes, definitely. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Well, that is all that we can fit into this episode of this ESO Dragon Con 2014 special report. I want to give a big thanks to Kevin Batchelder for joining us once again, Zan Bowden for joining us, as well as the return of Nikki. Uh, that was great to have her back on the show for a segment. Also, track directors Carolyn Brown, Tom Trainer, and of course, our good friend Dr. Q. Uh, and of course, big thanks to our station crew. Thanks, Mary, for joining us once again. Yes, sir. Good to be here. And Darren, thank you. You are more than welcome. And thank you, Mike, for which, of course, none of this would be possible. As always, it's my pleasure. Now you guys can go back on to go continue to uh, work on your costumes for uh, the next 30 days. Oh, we do have some news coming for when you guys listen to some ESO stuff about an ESO gathering. We're actually doing an official meet and greet. Yes, stay tuned to the ESO Facebook page as well as our website for that uh, official announcement. And, of course, we'll have it for the next. There will be one more Dragon Con report prior to the event itself. So uh, stay <laughs> tuned for that. We'll have all the information that we can gather uh, while we hey, still you... have uh, energy before the show. You think we're panicked about our costumes now? Wait. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> yeah. We might be talking. We might be hearing some very freaked out individuals on that <laughs> <laughs> we try to cover all we can with these specials, but to keep up with the latest news, please check out the official DragonCon website. All the tracks have Facebook groups. There's a DragonCon wiki, and of course, as I mentioned, the Daily Dragon, and of course, the uh, DragonCon app. Definitely check all those out for the latest news and announcements. Earth Station One can be found on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, and Stitcher. We want you to be part of the station. Please feel free to join in in the discussion. Also, please help support ESO Podcast by donating via PayPal, purchasing very cool ESO merchandise from our Zazzle store, or filling up your cart at our Amazon e-store. Thanks again for listening. I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and it has been my pleasure. We'll see you in one month at the con.
broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com. <laughs> 